0: You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, welcome. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories right here on the episode to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV shows, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And this is Raised by Rentals. Mike, it's our third episode. Yahoo! (laughs) (laughs) We made it to number three. Keep going. Lucky number three. Lucky number three. Uh, yeah. So, so far, you know, I had a really good time on the first two episodes. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been having a blast so far. Oh, and absolutely. Gotten some pretty interesting feedback. And so we're going to you know, go into this episode and, and see if we can't uh, apply some of that feedback and still have a good time. I think we definitely can. Oh, um cool. But, yeah, so far, uh, you know, what, what what did you think? What, what are your thoughts so far on the direction we're going uh, with our improv improve story theme?
1: Oh, I'm having a blast. Um, for me, the one difficult part is when we decide on a topic uh, ahead of time, because a little behind the scenes here, we usually have a discussion after the show and figure out, like, what is our next topic going to be Um but we don't want to improv prior to the episode. So the hardest part for me is to not think about the story. <laughs> like, cause you know, you, you get jazzed about it and you're like, Oh, I want to like, what if we did this and that? And it's like, no, no, stop it. Think of something else. So, uh, much like you, cause I, I know you sent me this the other day. I've been using this time to come up with other stories mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with the show. So like, Like we used to do, writing comic scripts, writing, you know, like own original horror stories, stuff like that. I've been thinking a lot more about original horror stories, which so this show might actually get me writing again, which that'll be pretty cool because I haven't written any real stories for a long time.
0: So, but yeah, Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm having a blast.
0: Yeah that would be great actually and I'd love to read some more of your stories you always were were very prolific uh, at one point right? a lot of a lot of long you know involved intricate stories big casts in, in a lot of them so <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I always uh, I always used to enjoy reading those when you'd send them a little a little uh, script bomb out of nowhere I, you know <laughs> yeah. every once in a while in my in my email inbox so yeah that was fun and same here I haven't uh, been doing any story writing in a long time so I'm really excited to have this uh, venue to flex those muscles get a little creative but yeah I totally agree it has been so difficult not to just brainstorm and daydream about. This property that we're going to discuss today, uh, especially since I watched the movie uh, recently, as recently as earlier today, just uh, catching up on a couple of things that I wanted to make sure that I remembered right. But of course, it's one of those franchises of properties like most of the things we've discussed so far in Raised by Rentals where I didn't really need to watch it again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those films that I think if you grew up,
1: in the 80s, I don't care if you were a teenager or if you were a small child, um, it, it's something you watched to death. <laughs> Pretty much everybody I know has seen this film at least a dozen times, if not more, in their lifetime. So, it, yeah, it's one of those ones we probably didn't need to rewatch. But, yeah, I, I agree. I watched it again. Um, I want to say it was Thursday, last Thursday. Yeah, so what is that, the day before Christmas Eve? And then I watched it, yeah, because it was after we recorded. Um yeah. And then I watched it again uh, a couple of days ago, just more critically watching it. Like, Because I watched it while I was wrapping presents. I remember that. That <laughs> was like the first watch. And so I was like, I was kind of paying attention. But that was more of a uh, memory thing of like, oh, yeah, I remember this part. And so I was looking down and wrapping the present. This last time I watched it, I watched it critically. And I picked up on a lot of stuff. That never really stood out to me before, so I'm a little excited to talk about some of that, but we haven't even mentioned what the movie is, so Josh, what are we reimagining
0: today? What are we reimagining today? Well, we are reimagining one of my absolute favorite movies when I was a kid, and we keep saying franchise and property, and I think that's our nomenclature, but really, there isn't enough material in the franchise of The Goonies, Yes. the goonies is in a, a classic of 1980s uh, cinema uh I guess technically all ages but like anything in the 80s yeah it, you know, it, it kind of pushes the envelope a little bit you know <laughs> yeah it's questionable <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah the goonies was uh it was and still is one of my favorites uh, I love the cast I love I love the type of movie that it is because it's an ensemble. Uh, cast, you know, the ragtag band of heroes, just like we have with Police Academy. It's a funny movie. It's an adventure. It doesn't take itself too seriously while still delivering a really well-told and well-executed uh, actual plot. You know, yes. so it's it's not one movie where you can say, oh, it's dumb, but it's fun. You know, no, it's not at all. It's a really smart movie that maybe is deceptively smart because it's, it's fun and it has this veneer of just being like, you know, uh, silly uh, kids entertainment Mm -hmm. but uh yeah so just quick little facts for anyone who may not be familiar with the goonies i'd be really surprised if anyone listening to this show (laughs) would not understand what the goonies uh, is but it it was an action or it is an action adventure movie that came out in 1985 directed by richard donner written by chris columbus and steven spielberg so if that's not a murderer's row uh, i don't know what is you know it's in terms of just uh quality quality filmmakers and uh, the story, uh, as we sort of alluded, follows a misfit group of tweens and teens in Astoria, Oregon, who discover a treasure map and set out on a quest to find the long lost rich stuff of legendary pirate One-eyed Willie. And uh, there was there was a sequel. I don't know if you remember the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it was sort of a sequel uh mike in uh, 1987 nintendo released a video game the first one we really talked about uh which was the goonies 2 yep. except it wasn't really a sequel because there was a goonies one game in you know in a japan Go-
2: right
0: yeah it was japan and very very limited release outside of japan like a couple of markets or for uh, some uh, some technology that didn't really take off so i think to the average north american kid certainly to me going to the video store as a kid that the Goonies two, the video game was the sequel to the Goonies, the movie. Yeah. Um, right. That's the way I thought about it. But uh, it was that's not a very good game. <laughs> no, no.
1: In fact, I because I never had a Nintendo growing up. Uh, I had a Commodore sixty four. <laughs> so, uh, but I then I uh, eventually got a Sega Genesis. But the all of my friends had Nintendo, and I remember countless sleepovers at my friend Jeff's house where we would go to frickin', uh movie time. And we would rent usually some kind of, you know, family-friendly-ish movie like Gremlins or The Goonies. And then we would rent a video game. So we'd we'd watch our movie with his parents and, you know, his little brother and sister. And then we'd stay up all night playing whatever video game we rented. And I remember we rented The Goonies too a few times. And that, so I didn't have a ton of experience with it. I only played it a handful of times at sleepovers. I remember it being (laughs) (laughs) fun-ish. (laughs) <laughs> but like a basic kind of platformer, but with a confusing layout, you know, kind of like I don't want to call it like a Metroidvania style layout. But I remember like some of the maps being very confusing because yeah. um, they all look like just brick or caves,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that, too. I remember this was one of the games. That I actually didn't remember that well because it was one of many games that we rented, my brother and I, and then immediately realized, oh man, this is not going to be a good time. Like, <laughs> this is not going to be fun. <laughs> and we were really, really quick to just take the movie, take the game or the movie back. Uh, and we lived pretty close to uh, a video store, a movie time, and later a blockbuster open within a walking distance of our house in Niagara Falls. So it wasn't that hard to just, you know what, forget it, take it back. And depending on you know who was working there, what store it was, what deal they had going on, sometimes we could just exchange it for something else if you bring it back within a certain time period, or we would just you know chalk it up for loss and go get something else. So that it was more important for us to use the time we had on the weekend to play yeah. a game than it was to like you know futz around with something that that was just going to be frustrating. Uh, my brother was always really good at Nintendo games. We were a Nintendo house. We never had a Sega or, or anything like that, a Genesis or anything. Um, we you know we had the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, which was the, the first thing I bought with my paper route money. That's what dates me. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of those, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, uh, my brother was always really good at games. I remember uh, the Ducktales and the Chippendale and Re- Rescue Rangers and a few other games that he just like stayed up late and like beat the first day we we rented them. And you know I was never never that good at those types of platformers. So if we got a game like this and it was frustrating for him to play. I would just give up on it. Like we need to <laughs> get something else, you know? <laughs> so See, uh, now I was that kid
1: that I would have like, you know, when I rented a game, I'd be like, all right, I've made my decision. I have to make the best of it. Let me figure <laughs> this game out. And I played countless bad video games for that very reason. But I, I believe we mentioned this on our very first episode. If a, uh, in the eighties, if a video game came out based on a movie, it was bound to suck. Um, it just it just it was like the rule of video games for the longest time. In fact, up until now, we're going back to the early 2000s, Spider-Man 2 for PlayStation 2 broke that curse. That was like the oh, first yeah. great video game based on a film. <laughs> there were fun games based on films, but they were either ridiculously hard or, you know, they were cool for a little while and then got really annoying, like Batman for the NES. Yes. Mm-hmm. That when you first played it, it's like, oh, this is really fun. And then it got real shit real fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a lot of that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, Goonies, too. I do remember playing vaguely. Uh, like I said, a lot of the details are muddled. I just remember running around kind of a platformer style with confusing maps. I do remember a part and it's this is in every freaking platformer in existence especially on the nintendo but i remember a part where there was a bridge and you had to like jump from platform to platform and some of the the bridge planks would fall uh-huh. and it, it it drove me nuts like i remember that was like one of those sticking points for me of like i hate this
0: game <laughs> Yeah, I remember I hate used to hate games that would do that. That was a pretty common design in the early Nintendo days of the, the yep. random flooring that would just collapse underneath you. And it was frustrating when the game was not designed to allow you to like jump off of it as it fell. So some games you could do that. Like it would start yeah. like Super Mario Bros. 2, for example. It was the platform would start to fall and you could just jump off of it. And so the peril was to be able to get through the board quickly because you didn't know where you could rest. But yep. then you have have these other games where as soon as you jump on that platform, that's it, you're dead. So you have to know <laughs> what platforms are are weak. You have to memorize that. And then, of course, some of the games would just have it be totally random. It would be totally RNG. And so you would have no idea. And it would just be a crapshoot every single time you got to that level. And yeah, I, I I hated that about. That's why I said there were some games we just we just gave up on. If I owned a game, I would just play it and play it and play it no matter what, and I would just you know really try to like crack the code of it we had some games that were super difficult like Go, go 13 and section z and i loved adventure island and man it was so difficult to get to the end because you had to time everything just right but that game i would just go over and over and over and over and over again but if i had rented those man i would have given up immediately because i'm like i only have one weekend to play these before i gotta take them back and and avoid the late fees <laughs> so i'm not about that's why I never I never really played Castlevania that much until I was older, because I remember as a kid getting Castlevania, loving it and then getting stuck and just going, oh, come on. Like, come on. Like. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh,
0: man, oh. The, the the
1: Metroidvania style games like I know you're a huge Metroid fan uh, for, for me. I was never really good at remembering those types of maps where you have to, like, backtrack. I'd be like, "Uh, wait, where was I? Where was that thing? I I now I have the the weapon that opens that door. How do I find it again?" <laughs> like I used to get mm-hmm. so lost in those games, but I do love them
0: now. Like I grew to love them as I got older.
1: Yeah, but as a I kid do. I was
0: terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love those games. I always hated the ones like The Legend of Zelda where the map was unreliable, you know, could mm-hmm. it change change? Oh, Legend of Zelda drove me crazy. <laughs> I was actually not a Zelda fan until probably a link to the past. And then I went back and played the older games and was able to, I was able to enjoy them because I had already grown a fondness for the franchise based on the sequel. But like the yep. first two games, I was like, this is dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but, same for, yeah. for me. It was uh, link's awakening that got me. Cause I, I got it with my game boy. It, it came with the, uh, it was like a pack in. And, um, I was, I remember I was going to Cleveland to visit my aunt and uncle and I was staying for like a week. So I'm like, I'm bring my, my new game boy. And all I had was uh, Metroid 2, which, as I mentioned, I was terrible at those games. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I had Metroid 2, I had Super Mario Land, and I had uh, the Link's Awakening. Yep. So I'm laying there in my bed playing Link's Awakening, and I got hooked on the story. Like, the, the story for that game is amazing, but that's what made me a Zelda fan. And I know we've, we already said that we were going to try not to go down rabbit trails, but <laughs> here we are talking about Zelda when we should be talking about Goonies. <laughs>
0: hey, man, it's what we do. It's what we this, do. You this know. is true. <laughs> and I appreciate the feedback we got on our on our switchbacks. Uh, but at the same time, <laughs> it's, it's, this is how we talk. So <laughs> yeah, it's um, this is
1: just part of our conversations. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and from
0: uh, you know, and, and yeah, I from my perspective, the show, is this episode is about the Goonies, but the show is really about a love for the VHS era. And I like, you know, talking about all of this stuff. And, you know, I like the rapid trails and I like the tangents. So we'll try not to uh, to layer too many on top of each other <laughs> and go you know go down too many of those Metroid mazes. Because, you know, I love those. I love those Metroid maze games. And I always yeah. have since, since that first one. And, you know, Super Metroid is the perfect game. But, uh, yeah, let's... Game. Let's uh, let's talk about the Goonies and what we're gonna do today is we're gonna do sort of a lost footage uh, category again, similar to our Christmas the 13th episode, because we are going to talk about what we would have done if we could take the Goonies to, back to the drawing board and uh, just forget that was a sequel or you know it wasn't really officially one anyway. And right. let's talk about what we would do if there was a Goonies sequel. I want more installments in the Goonies it's barely a franchise so what are we going to do how do we get started Mike what do you think well for me uh the
1: only real way to do this is to do it now uh so like forget about it being in the 80s um maybe maybe early 2000s but I I'm the way I'm picturing a sequel is it is the Goonies as adults um so you have the entire you know the entire crew they're all adults now They've all grown apart, gotten, you know, different jobs, et cetera, et cetera. They have families of their own. So now what if uh, Mikey, all right, uh, he is he followed in the footsteps of his father. You know, he became like this curator. You know, he he loves he still loves all the whole like uh, the pirate lore and and history and all that. So he we find out well we don't find out right away. But what I'm thinking of is he's going to be dying of cancer. okay okay. so he's he's sick um he has one thing like one bit of information that he's been searching for more on he found something about maybe a different pirate maybe it was someone connected with one-eyed willy something like that but there is another lost treasure okay and he's obsessed with wanting to find it so he knows he has limited time he's like you know what I'm going to go, but let's say he, let's say he doesn't even have, like let's say Mikey isn't married. He doesn't have kids, doesn't have family, mm-hmm. but he has a niece and nephew. So like, let's say brand and Andy got together. And, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know that yeah, they're yeah. married, they have kids. He loves Mikey loves his niece and nephew and he sends them a letter. Maybe his nephew kind of follows after Mikey. Like maybe his nephew mm-hmm. has the same kind of love for pirates and history that his uncle has. And he sends him, like, some information about, like, you know, where this thing is. Like, he's the only other person Mikey is told. So he's okay. like, you know, if, if you don't hear from me again, I want mm-hmm. you to have this information. So he gives him all this information, and then Mikey's out of the picture. Like, let's say he goes, uh, you know, I don't know if where we want to put this in the world. Uh, but, you know, if we're looking back at piracy, we could be talking, you know, obviously the Caribbean. We could be talking Jamaica, uh, somewhere where there was historical you know, uh, pirate ports. Um,
0: so what was, what was Port Royal and was that in Jamaica? Yeah. Port Royal was in Jamaica. And if I remember correctly, um, that's the, the former British capital that is featured in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It's actually now underwater, (laughs) the, the the, uh, the victim of an Atlantis, uh, style earthquake, but that, that could be interesting. Now, just to back it up for a second and and I don't want to derail you. Uh, yeah, no, no, go for it. Yeah, so the first movie takes place in Astoria, Oregon, and that's a detail that I've always known, but then until my recent, like, more critical viewing of the movie, it never really occurred to me that, wait a second, why is, are there pirates in the Pacific Northwest? i always think of pirates being like in the caribbean like isn't that the spanish main right isn't right that what the caribbean is and yeah you, you we've all seen the pirates of the caribbean and all those other fran- pirate franchises they always seem to take place in the a tropical atlantic somewhere and i've never i've heard of pirates in the pacific ocean in asia but I've uh, maybe that's just a, an empty spot on my own knowledge of history. But I've never really known much about you know pirates in the uh, North American Pacific. I'm, I'm sure that they existed. They clearly did in this universe because that's where you know Willie chose to to hide out. And um, you know in the in the in the in the original movie, right? Just for a little background, right? Mike Walsh, right? Son of the local museum curator. He's a his dad's obsessed with pirates and the pirate era of history. And you know Mike uh, stumbles across some of his uh, his memorabilia, his items, including this treasure map, and then they go on this adventure to find One Eyed Willie, who supposedly, according to the story Mike to- tells, is was on the run from the British uh, Armada. Now, usually Armada is associated with Spain, but whatever. This is a story that Mikey told. He said it was the because it was the English King, the British Armada was chasing Willie, chased him you know, with, according to Mike, billions of ships. And yes. then ev- eventually, you know, Willie gets away. He finds a hiding spot. They build uh, this uh, this hideout that is protected by booby traps and a maze and a uh, mis- mysterious map, with which somehow rhymes in English, even though it's written in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> All the little things you notice, right, on a critical yep. viewing. And, uh, yeah, so for all we know, you know, Willie ran across the world, you know, that would have been a long way to, to be chased, but. Right. Whatever. The point is we had pirates in the Pacific. So, But I do like the idea of perhaps moving it away from Oregon um, just because it would give us the opportunity of believability and having a lot more pirate hideouts and stories and local legends. And so, yeah, having it in the Caribbean, I think, does make a lot of sense.
1: Well, I mean, it, it maybe not even there. Like we could, we could pick a spot, but I'm, I'm thinking, again, tropical. that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of the setting i'm thinking of plus i figured since they've all grown up they've all moved probably away from oregon uh for you know job reasons or whatever you know they all have their own families to look after the the goonies are going to kind of dot the map so we need a reason to bring them back so so mikey goes off and disappears he contacts his nephew you know basically giving him the 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 map a copy of the map or whatever like if you don't hear from me i want this to be safe OK, Um. now, Brand being, you know, Mikey's older brother, maybe he knows Mikey's sick, mm-hmm. you know. And so his his son comes to him with this information, you know, like, you know, hey, you know, Uncle Mike sent me this map. And then Brand realizes, oh, crap, he's he's going on a treasure hunt like yeah. he's sick. What What is he doing? You know, like he's going to miss his appointments for like chemo or something like that. Mm-hmm. So Brand is like, we got to go after him. So yeah. maybe he contacts like they like maybe they're all still lifelong friends, you know. So he mm-hmm. he contacts, you know, Chunk and Data and Mouth and all. Maybe Mouth and Steph are married. You know, we could <laughs> to play around with that. That'd be funny, yeah. Cuz there was that little hint back and forth at the end of the the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um that would actually be funny. Like <laughs> what if if like their kids were like wallflowers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> c- considering how boisterous and loud, you know. <laughs> But we could still we still need uh, each archetype. So like maybe their children, they're like, I don't know, maybe they have a daughter who's obsessed with languages, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. he was the tra- or, uh, mouth was the translator in, in part one. So you could have her like that's her her geek thing is like she's into like language and like how culture shapes language and all that kind of stuff. So maybe she'll be the one that is able to like translate in our movie. Um Maybe data is like, and again, this is all, I'm just kind of throwing this out there. So change anything you want. Uh, So maybe data like is, is a, I don't want to say like a Bill Gates style or like a Steve Jobs style character, but like somebody who made some kind of like really good app software or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he has some kind of like good tracking device. (laughs) We could use him to like figure out a way to tap into Mikey's phone and track him. you know,
0: something like that. Yeah, no, I think this is a good place to start. I think you you mentioned a couple of key elements that we need is, you know, we need an interesting setting. We've already established that, uh, so so that we so that we have opportunities, and then uh we need uh a an inciting incident that's going to get our characters moving in this case you know mikey going off on his own and sort of leaving a trail of some kind and we need we need to have our archetypes defined we talked a lot about that in our police academy and chill episode about the stereotypical characters and how they formed the archetypes to uh to fulfill the role that the story required of like the big tough guy or the, you know, the, the quiet person and the funny guy and, you know, whatever. And they all have to have their own, uh, story arcs as of as, as some kind, some kind of an arc, even if it's uh, simple. And with a, an ensemble cast, it, it helps to keep it, to keep it simple. So we're kind of, kind of go back to the concept or the, the, uh, the idea of hanging the story on maybe not stereotype this time, but as you mentioned the archetype. So we got to have our you know our crafty uh, our crafty guy and our you know our maybe not you know Chunk's the like very stereotypical like 80s fat kid that was in like every movie you know yeah. <laughs> right right but down actually, to like I
1: I have an idea. I'm sorry to cut you off I have a great yeah. idea for Chunk but 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 go ahead.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, even even in like, was it the Monster Squad? He's literally just called Fat Kid. Like, it was such yeah. a such a bad a bad trope. Of, <laughs> the name's of... <laughs> Horace. <laughs> exactly right. So, so yeah, you got to have it, someone who fulfills the chunk role. He's the maybe not like the clown in terms of personality, but, you know, maybe, you know, he's got some kind of like impulsive you know, tick, you know, like uh, Chunk's love of food. Right. Um, and then, yeah, you got to have your, you know, obviously your your brand is the alpha male type and your mouth is your wisecracking jokester. You know, he's like the Jones of the group. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we, so I think this, uh, I know you have an idea for for, for Chunk, but before uh, I relinquish the floor, I just want to say, I think it would be, really interesting and if you know you're right mike he feels like he's at the end of his life the end of his rope and he wants to have one last goonie adventure And that's a huge aspect of the first movie is they go off on this quest because Mikey drags everybody with him kicking and screaming because he's going to go on a Goonie adventure no matter what. He is the ringleader multiple times during the movie, most notably when they're in the bottom of the wishing well. He gives like the the coaches motivational speech to kind of keep everybody going. He is the leader of that group Brand is the alpha male in terms of, like, he thinks he's in charge, but Mikey is really the alpha of the group. You know, he's – and a lot of it was that he just wanted to live this very big life, a larger-than-life, you know, childhood. And yeah. uh, he felt like at the time it was his his uh, swan song to the, the goondocks or the boondocks where they lived. But I think it would be interesting to parallel that. And now it really it literally is this song song to himself and his life, that he wants to have one last Goonie adventure. So yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna go off. And I think in this movie that Mikey is the one-eyed Willie. He's gonna fulfill the role of his legendary, you know, inspirational figure. So he's gonna be the one that's gonna be off-screen. He's the mysterious, you know, mastermind, so to speak. And the rest of our characters are going to be going after him. And so I think it would be interesting if he he's not just going after one last pirate treasure because it's out there. and He knows it's out there. But he's going to make it fun. You know, I mean? he's going to he's going to make an adventure for the rest of them. And so, you know, maybe at the beginning of this movie, while we're, we're, we're doing some kind of a montage or some kind of a, of a I always think of the, the, the opening scene of Home Alone, where you, you get a really quick little uh, or even or. Honestly, even the opening scene of the Goonies during the uh, during the opening musical uh, car chase, where you get a quick little snippet of every character, and so maybe yes. we open uh, we open this movie with a quick little snippet of where all of the original Goonies are now, and their sort of relationship to Mikey. Like maybe they all get an email from him, and they all get a phone call from him, and maybe it's just him him just saying hi, like just demonstrating that they're all still in touch, and that here they are as adults, and here that now they have kids, and so there's the second generation. And then, you know, one of them, the nephew, will have to, we'll have to name him, right? Brandson. He gets the same kind of a high highs in, you know, email or holiday card or whatever as everybody else. But his his has like a like a code in it, right? And he and, and, okay. and now and so Brand's kid is like the new Mikey. He's like, "Oh, there's like a secret code." And he just immediately gets excited. He's going to solve that puzzle in the same way that like young Mikey Walsh wanted to solve the puzzle of the treasure map. And so he like breaks the code, which again is character building or giving to the audience how smart this guy is. And so you know he's he's the kindred spirit to older Mikey. and Mike and older Mikey knows that. So he's like, yeah, he, he's what he's going to do he's doing is he's, Trying to get everybody thinking about the Goonies, and then he's going to give nephew, you know, young Mikey, you know, Brand Jr. or whatever. He's going to give him uh, the 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 key that's going to set him off to be the ringleader for the new adventure. I
1: like it. I think I think that works. Um, <clears throat> as far as as far as names go, why don't we just since it's going to be Brand's kid, why don't we just call him Josh because Josh Brolin? Yeah. <laughs> so works, you know, plus we already have a Mike in in this movie, so why not have a Josh? Um, <laughs> oh. oh. So fitting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for Chunk, I, I, I just I don't want to forget this. So Jeff Cohen went on to actually be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Chunk needs to be a lawyer oh, because yeah. think of all the crazy stories he
0: was telling and selling.
1: <laughs> like, OK, yeah. Picture him as a defense
2: attorney. <laughs>
0: yeah oh that's great yeah and, and there's even that scene where the fratellis are threatening to put his hand in the blender and he just goes yes. through this whole litany of everything he's ever gone wrong like he just has it all cataloged you know yes.
1: <laughs> that's what, like the whole time i was watching the rewatching the goonies i'm like it's hilarious to me that jeff cohen went and went on to become a lawyer because this character <laughs> screams of defense attorney <laughs> like it's yeah. so funny to me but because at first i was like well obviously he shouldn't be chunky anymore like he should have <laughs> He should be like, you know, that, you know, like mo- most kids that were more bigger mm-hmm. as kids, you know, they, they grew up more like, screw that. And, you know, lost all the way. I was first I was thinking
0: a personal trainer, but I'm like lawyers too perfect. Like he's got to be a lawyer. Yeah, so. you know, and Jeff, and Jeff Cohen's a good-looking guy. I mean, he's you know he's fit and he's you know mm-hmm. s- still handsome and young young-looking. And yeah, you're right. I you know I, I I saw him on TV years ago. Like, wow, that's chunk. That's crazy. You know. <laughs> and and plus, uh, plus, I figured if they're going to be traveling, they need someone who is
1: able to like bullshit legalese. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. especially if they're going to be going to places that may not be the most legal places to go to. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like,
0: exactly. And through the, someone and through that the can kind of get around. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I was talking over you. Yeah, I agree. I agree, right? Through the Caribbean, you know, there's lots of small little governments and heck, there's got to be modern day pirates. Let's have modern day pirates in there. You know, we've got Somali pirates in, like we got to have some kind of a threat. This is totally off the dome. So if it doesn't work out, that's fine. But I'm just thinking, I mentioned, you know the fratelli is a second ago we never really explained but in the first movie you know they were the big bad right the family mm-hmm. and always remind me of the beagle brothers you know because <laughs> i love the beagle brothers <laughs> right from from, uh, from ducktales ducktales yeah and um so yeah there's ma fratelli and there's you know francis and what's his name jake right the the, mm-hmm. the sons and they're kind of like the goons and obviously they're they're criminals, and it was they owned the restaurant that was the beginning of the the tunnel to Winnie uh, Willie's uh, um, funhouse, and eventual right. you know pirate pirate ship. And so you know they're they're following along, and they're the threat that's just constantly creeping up behind our heroes, the Goonies, as they're trying to get to this treasure. So I think we need to have something similar in this story. So we need some kind of a threat as all of our characters and we'll kind of define how it's going to work like the adult characters versus the younger characters. We, we, let's kind of, you know, figure out are, are they, are they all together? Do we have two separate groups? You know, let, let's, I have some ideas, so we'll talk yeah. it through, but we have to have somebody fulfilling the role of the Fratellis. And I think it would be, be really interesting if there were modern day pirates who come across one of our groups of characters, at one point, you know, as they're trying to make their way to some small island, like they actually get like raided, and they're able to get away in some in some way. They get away, and uh, but because we've got you know potentially you know rich inventor data, and you know. Chunk grown up, uh, you know, what's his name? Lawrence, grown up Lawrence yep. as the lawyer. And these pirates are like, they, these guys get away, but they're like, no, no, we're not letting easy money get away. And so they start to come after them. But then as they're going along the way, these pirates, they're not stupid. They're like the fatalities. They realize there's something more going on here. This isn't just, you know, tourists who got away from us and now we're going to, you know, find them and rob them. Like these people are on some kind of a mission. You know, they've got a map or whatever. So now we have these pirates who, the Fratellis were very aggressive, but I want our pirates to kind of just be trailing them, you know, and then yeah. eventually they're, they're going to try to swoop in and steal it. Whatever the treasure is, whatever our MacGuffin is, they're going to mm. swoop in. They're going to swoop in and try to get it. So that way we've got somebody who's like hot on the, the trail, but maybe the our, our Goonie characters don't even realize it. You know, maybe they're oblivious to that danger and they're just concerned about Mikey, the danger that they're that they they going to. Mm okay
1: all right here here's an idea all right so so the the whole the whole group of the goonies like the goonies and their families you know the, the kids everyone they they go to wherever this is let's just say it's 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 in you know do you want to say just Jamaica have it in Jamaica where do we want to have the the thing? Like the yeah I
0: mean, yeah we can just yeah we'll just just we'll just pick Jamaica for a uh, placeholder for now but yeah we have to like look at a map and, and see what makes sense but yeah i yeah, mean yeah. lots lots of ancient you know pirate coves and hideouts in that part of the world
1: yeah that's what i'm thinking we, we, we want little islands we want them to mm-hmm. actually get out on boats and and have to travel between islands and stuff like that following the trail that mikey left behind um, <clears throat> so we get them we get them over there right now there's going to be some trouble let's say maybe maybe they get robbed maybe one of the the pirates robs them you know Mm -hmm. when they when they're they're trying to get to whatever resort they're going to be staying at so they get the treasure map they get the map they Mm -hmm. get uh like because maybe maybe uh josh printed it out you know because it was all it was all digital he printed it out he's looking at it they get their bags you know they steal their bags so now the parents are pissed The parents are trying to like, you know, they're dealing with the legal problems of like, you know, how do we get how do we get, you know, who do we talk to? Our stuff was stolen type of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the kids also, of course, you know, being the digital age, uh, Mikey's able or Josh is able to bring up Mikey's email on his phone and Mm -hmm. and basically have he still has the map in like his pictures. Uh, So he has a digital copy. Now, the pirates who got away with the stuff, like the guy who stole the shit gets away with the, you know, their bags, Mm -hmm. goes back to, you know, the group. And then, you know, they're going through oh, some wallets, some traveler checks, yada, yada, yada. You know, what is this map? And they realize it's a map of the area. What mm-hmm. is this? And then maybe one of them knows about like, oh, there's a legend of some, you know, so and so, like, you know, One-Eyed Willie part two, whatever we want to call the, the new pirate. Uh, you know, we, there's a legend of his treasure being hidden here, but it's just a legend. You know, but it's like this map is kind of confirming some of that. So mm-hmm. the leader of the group is like, who did you take this from? So they go and they kind of watch. Now, while the parents are dealing with all the legal stuff, the kids are like, we got to go after Uncle Mike. So they kind of sneak off on their own. So they start following the trail. The pirates start following the kids. The parents realize, holy crap, our kids are gone. They went after (laughs) him. So (laughs) they got to follow. So now we have three groups. So we got the kids trailing Mike. We got the pirates trailing the kids, and we got the parents trying to catch up with the kids, not knowing there's pirates involved.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good. No, I like that. I like that's that's pretty awesome. And so that way we can have our we have our Goonies too in terms of our our younger group, and they're the ones who are really they're going to get to enjoy like Mikey's little adventure, whatever yes. what, uh, you know, whatever it is that he designed um you know and, and i think that that i want to put a pin in that and come right back to that like designed adventure in a minute Um, uh, but yeah just commenting on what you said yeah, yeah that, that's great then you have the pirates who are the fratellis and they're following the goonies just like in the first movie but now we have instead of having chunk and sloth like sort mm-hmm. of se- secretly trailing even the fratellis now we just have the adults in general and it's not as much of a off uh you know, it's an on-camera uh, uh, triple chase, right? right? We don't need to have them kind of come out of nowhere and hey, you guys, <laughs> the way that <laughs> right. uh, you know Chunk and Sloth did. Uh, but although that was really cool to see them, yeah, you know, we saw them on camera a little bit, but and then it was kind of like you kind of forget that they're that they're behind. You know, they're they're yeah. the ones who they come through and they're like, "Yep, Mikey's been through here, all right." <laughs> oh, I love that yeah. moment where he pushes the pipes <laughs> up, and you you hear the car
1: crash, and then they like the stock sound of the woman screaming. Yes. And Sloth just goes, oh, oh, like, <laughs> oh! I love
2: yeah, it. Well, good. Uh,
1: you know what? I hate to derail us this early, but I, we gotta, okay. we gotta mention something about the original Goonies. This is what an '80s kids movie was. So we have children saying shit. <laughs> we have them talking about a statue's dick and how it's Mike's mom's favorite part. <laughs> and Mouth saying, "If it wasn't, you wouldn't be here." You know, like we have all of these sex comments and we have freaking uh, what's his name? The, the dumb jock. I always forget his name. Uh, Troy, Troy. Troy, Yes. Yeah. So we have Troy like trying to like screw Andy. He's like peeping down her shirt and talking to his buddies. how he's going to screw her like, and then we have a deformed man caged up like an animal named sloth that we're like both poking fun at and making into a hero. And it's like, this is an 80s kids movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, That's what they did, man. That's what they did there, back in the 80s.
1: <laughs> there was violence and sex and swearing and inappropriate jokes and we loved it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know that Hollywood really uh, either they didn't understand you know this is what was sort of age appropriate or like you look at television for kids now and or even movies and there's all kinds of like adult jokes hidden in the movie so that as adults you're watching a pixar flick and like ha ha ha," like there's a little joke in there about you know penis size or or sex or whatever right they just they just throw them in there because they know that it's gonna go right over the kids heads but the parents are gonna pick it up and you, you can get a little chuckle out of it so you're not sitting there you know the paying nine dollars uh, for a ticket to take a nap you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh oh, although there's definitely been some movies when i that that has been my plan going in the door like i am just gonna pay for this nap right now uh <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but i think yeah but there was the subtlety didn't exist in the 80s at all like it, it was just very much like you said very much on display but that's also part of what Made the movie so exciting and and enticing, and why we I still remember them so so yeah. much now. They were they became beloved because it was like ooh like this is kind of pushing the envelope, a little racy, mm-hmm. you know. It's uh it, and it felt a little bit more grown up than something we should be watching, even though you know this, those kids were you know s- similar in age you know to to you and I. They're, the actors are a little bit older, but you know close yeah. enough. I don't think I ever even really realized or even thought about how old. Mikey and Mouth and the rest of those younger guys were until I was literally trying to write the description for my notes today. I'm like, wait, wait were they teeny? Were they teenagers? Were they tweens? Were they kids? Like, <laughs> how how am I going to say this? Because I don't even know how old these kids are supposed to be you know and in fact and again with the with the critical watching today i was just kind of jumping forward to a couple of interesting scenes and i uh, i meant the same scene i mentioned a minute ago where chunk is being threatened by the Fratellis. they're going to put his hand in a blender because they want him to talk and you know tell them the secret of where the rest of the goonies went and chunk goes through this litany of all the terrible things he's ever done in his life and he lists it off like in the fourth grade you know i, I you know, I cheated on my math test or whatever. I mean, you know, in the third grade, like, I, you know, I stole my uncle's toupee, whatever it was. He kind of goes through. He gets up to the sixth grade before the scene changes. And so I'm thinking, OK, well, he's got to at least be in the seventh grade or maybe eighth grade if the sixth grade was in the past. Right. So I'm, that's, right. Why I'm, I'm, that's the only way I'm able to really place the age. And maybe there's another clue in the movie and some listener who's going to yell, at you know, the, <laughs> at their phone right now and be like, you idiot. They said he's 12 in that one scene. And I. Can't remember what that scene is, but it doesn't matter. Um I mean in reality they're they're all about
1: about ten years older than us.
2: Yeah. I, like I think
1: several of them are nine years older, um, and a couple are, are ten and, uh, and like I think Josh Brolin is the the oldest and he's what fifty-three? Yeah,
0: yeah, something like he's that. He's fifty three. They're still looking good as cable, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, you know, unlike with our Police Academy uh, situation, you know, I we have we have the actors that we could use, you know, that are still not only alive, but they're still kicking. They're still doing really good. They're still young. Um, so, yeah, we could we should be able to bring back, you know, most of, if not all of the original cast, at least of the the, uh, you know, the, the the kids and the teenagers, right. uh, Ste- Steph and Andy and Brandon and the Goonies. So, yeah. So we have our our. We got, we got to go back and talk about the design because we know that our our overall setup of the story is this is a chase. So we have, obviously, Mikey ran off, and he's off camera. So Mikey himself is kind of the MacGuffin. He's the one-eyed Willie. And then, obviously, you have your younger group, the Goonies too. T-O-O. You know, they're <laughs> – they're, and, and they're going to fit the archetypes. So There's going to be the, the 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 one that's just like data, you know, the uh, the one who's just like mouth, you know. Yeah, like you mentioned, maybe it's one of mouth's kids that uh, speaks a bunch of languages, which is perfect because in the Caribbean they speak French, they speak you know Spanish, yep. and so and and maybe we're like island hopping a little bit, you know. I'm thinking of you mentioned oh, Jamaica. Absolutely. And they they could just island hop, and so I just pulled up a map just so I have something to look at. And they could island hop like right south of of uh, Haiti and the Dominican Republic, and there's Puerto Rico, the British Virgin Islands, you know, the Lower Antilles, you know, all the way down to maybe Trinidad and Tobago. Um, So yeah, it'd be really cool to kind of like you know maybe not all the way that far because I'm not sure logistically how much distance they could travel in the span of the movie they were trying to tell. You know, right. Um, because then maybe, maybe, you know, looking at a map, it doesn't look like it's that like it's that far, but it could take, you know, days and weeks for all I know. But there's got to be lots of, like, tiny little maps, like, dotted all in there, you know? Yeah. Or uh, I should say islands, not tiny maps, tiny islands. So, yeah, so Mikey has uh, um, this plan, right? And here I'm, I'm trying to focus because we're talking about Mikey's plan. I started talking about the Goonies too and the archetypes. So, like, let's just hit one at a time. We know that our, our overall... Uh, format is the is the three-part chase but mikey's got mikey's got to have a plan or uh something first of all we know he's going off to find somebody like you said there's some new version of a one-on williams some famous pirate maybe he's been trying to track down maybe it's some pirate that's extremely obscure and mikey like his dad has grown up to be a historian and an expert on the pirate age and maybe this is his like pet project he has been You know, writing the life story or writing the only papers and books that exist about, let's call him Jolly Robert, right? For I I got,
1: I got an idea, real quick. Go ahead. They they mention in the first movie, um, where they talk about, well, if One-Eyed Willie killed all of his men, how did the map and the key get out? And and Mike Mikey says to his or says to the group, he's like, I asked my dad that too, and he says that one of them must have escaped in order to bring the map out. So what if that pirate? Not only escape with the map and the key, but what if he what if he escape escaped with like some massive jewel you know let's call it like i don't know like you know Willie's eye you <laughs> know just okay ship sure. with like some like massive ruby or sapphire or something, and you know he smuggled that out and then he escaped back to like wherever they they started off at like wherever Willie's gang started off like let's say. You know, they let's let's say they had a place in, in like the Dominican Republic or something like uh, what, what, what is it? Uh, tor- uh, the Tortuga or is that or, or... Yeah,
0: tor- Tortuga was the place the pirate hideout from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, yeah. OK, that's what
1: so maybe it was somewhere in that general vicinity. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he got a gang of his own. Maybe mm-hmm. they started, you know, going around and raiding and they amassed a little treasure. And Mikey finds out by by, you know, obsessively reading as much as he can get about One-Eyed Willie, because, like, you know, that was his, that, that's, like, that was his, like, high point in life, was finding mm-hmm. Willie's treasure. And then he kind of goes off on this little trail about, like, well, who was the guy that brought the map? Like, how did I get a hold of the map? Mm-hmm. Finds mm-hmm. out information about this, and then that leads him down another path, path, like, holy crap, he was a famous pirate in his own right, and, like, then finds out about this guy, and that he also had treasure, but he had something he took from Willie. So now that that's what Mike obsesses about, like wanting to know, like, what is it that he took from Willie? What is that one piece of treasure that that he got off the Inferno before, you know, Willie killed everybody?
2: Oh,
0: yeah, that's oh this is awesome. Okay, yeah, I think we I think we hit that moment now where it's like all all the light bulbs are going off. Okay, so a couple of things just happened in my brain and I'm going to really try to focus on one at a time because, man, they're just layering up like I love it. I love this guy. I love this idea of a guy getting out, like, the one pirate who escaped with the map, with the story. And I would love it if it were, like, you know, Willie didn't let him leave. He left because, you know, he like he escaped. Like, Willie had no plans. One-eyed Willie had no plans on ever being found. Like, he set all those booby traps to stop people from finding him. It wasn't, like a game that he was setting you know yeah and uh, when when mikey walsh finds him you know he's like you know i did it i beat you you know and it was like again it wasn't that willie wanted to be found eventually and he, he wasn't he's not you know the games master or arcade from the x-men you know <laughs> right <laughs> right so this guy gets out right he, right he steals something for willie he gets out so i recently uh read some really interesting material and a whole book about Oak Island. I don't know if you know much about Oak Island. There was a, a, there was a reality TV show about it. Uh, I don't want to get into a whole uh, thing about that because man, I could go on and on and on and on, but suffice to say, uh, Oak Island is a very, very mysterious, um, it's a, it's, a, it's a mysterious and small island off of – I want to say it's off of Nova Scotia uh, now that, of course, the map is, is eluding me. But there is, a, there is a, a, a supposed money pit on this island, and people have been trying to get to the bottom of whatever mystery is buried on Oak Island for literal centuries. And like i said there was even a reality tv show where these you know guys who are millionaires with nothing better to do with their money have just been digging up the island and fighting over land claims and hardly anybody's ever found anything but it goes back to a story of some kids uh you know a couple hundred years ago who supposedly found a like block and tackle and a hole in the ground that something had been lowered into like a pit And they tried to tell people – they tried to dig it up and they tried to tell people about it. And long story short, it led to this whole huge mystery of like where is this money pit supposedly with something buried in it? You know, What exactly is down there? And over the years, people have found a lot of really bizarre things in the place that they think is the money pit. They found actual evidence of tunnels and shafts being built in stone and in wood – artifacts from hundreds of years ago that people argue whether it's you know proof of piracy and people have mentioned names like you know william kidd the famous pirate and maybe it was a hideout of his or that you know people talk about it being a hideout for the arcadians or for you know the 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 templars or whatever you know all kinds of conspiracy theories but what's interesting about it is that there were booby traps built into this pit like for real to the point where like when they were like digging down trying to excavate this like wooden framed tunnel at, at a certain point the ocean flooded in and completely uh submerged uh this uh what whatever was in there and they tried to pump Ooh. the water out and they and it kept happening because somebody yeah. had built all these tunnels under the island
1: you know Yes. No, no, no. I remember. I don't know if it was it might have been you that, that told me about this, but I remember hearing about this before. I think we had a conversation about this. Uh, it, may, it might have been a while ago, but because mm-hmm. that is very, very familiar to me, like the the whole tunnels flooding into the, the mm-hmm. excavation. So, yeah, no, that, that's really freaking cool.
0: And, and yeah, and even you know famous people like uh, um, President FDR and George Bush Senior have gone there and like participated in digs, you know, just to kind of see what they would find. You know, lots and lots of people have gotten involved over the years. So I don't want to. I'm not an expert on that, so I don't want to go too far down that path. But the reason I mention it is that in real life, there is evidence of some kind of a maritime traveler like creating like a hidden cavern and then setting booby traps in it uh and to guard something you know whatever it is and so the same thing happened in the in oregon with willie so maybe mikey i mentioned all this just to mention that mikey as he grows up he discovers the story of this rogue pirate who escaped from willie no one knew who he was no one knew how he got out no one knew that there was anything missing, but Mikey being so interested in One-Eyed Willie, he gets interested in Oak Island because he's thinking, like, oh, booby traps. Like, I wonder if there's, a, like, a, a relation there. Or if not a relation, he's at least like, well, I've got first-hand knowledge, you know. And right. uh, And then – you know, he goes from Oak Island to other – he's heard of other stories of, you know, people building booby traps, you know, in in pirate caves or whatever. And that leads him eventually down a path of discovery where he, he ends up, you know, somewhere in the Caribbean, in the Antilles or somewhere. And he, he, he is the one who discovers, hey, there is way more to this, like, booby trap cavern – that they, it's even like a little local tourist, you know, uh, trap, you know, somewhere on some little island in the British Virgin Islands or something. And he is the one who realizes there's way more to this than anyone knows. You know, he discovers this pirate. He discovers or he thinks he knows that there's this treasure there. And he's connecting the stories together of like this local legend who supposedly had this like giant like, you know, sapphire or whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. wait a second. Wait a second. Like. You know, there was this one thing missing from the pirate ship, and then there's there, there's almost like this trail of, like, booby traps, like, you know, down the coast, and that's what draws him there. So he's been – just like our characters are chasing him, he's been chasing this story. And So, of course, this is all backstory, but I'm just uh, laying the groundwork of, like, why is Mikey so obsessed with it? You know, what's his deal? Right. Um, Right. So uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So, again, we got to name this pirate something. Jolly Roberts is a, a dumb name, but, you know, I'm <laughs> just, just trying to think of something, you know, well, I cool. mean, come on. One eyed Willie was basically, hey, it's, it's the dick pirate. you
1: know? Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I guess he was kind of a dick. He killed all his men.
0: So, you yeah. know, guess he was. I don't know. I don't want to call her. I don't want to call our guy, like, Purple Helmet or anything, though, either. So we <laughs> got to come up with like, something better. <laughs>
1: oh, God. He's the dreaded Purple Helmet. That's terrible. <laughs>
0: you dare go over my helmet. Oh man. Now we're quoting these <laughs> Oh, uh, which one day I'm
1: sure we'll talk about.
0: Oh, we get, we got to get it on here. We got to get it on. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll just call him like, I don't know the the trapster or, or something, you know, right. He's like, the, he's, he's this guy who he's a pirate, but he's like a, an engineer. Let's call him the engineer. Right. So he's okay, a pirate, yeah. but he, he's also an engineer. And that's what Mikey's been chasing this whole time. And so Mikey, it's like he knows he's going to he's dying and he's almost like racing his own mortality. Mm. So he's like, I got to go and like, I can't get in there because it's like off limits to like really excavate the cave. And now that I know that I'm dying. Fuck it. One last Goonie adventure. Right. It's, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to you know, sneak in at night. I'm going to leave clues as to where I am. So like people know that I got there. They won't they won't wonder where I went. But like, hey, it's a Goonie adventure. So I'm going to leave you know, a coded message for my smart ass uh, or you know, smart as hell nephew, Josh, and he's going to figure it out. He's going to come find me and I'm going to be in here and I'm going to die you know, or whatever, I'm going to, you know, be finally able to rest that I solved, you know, the mystery of the the rogue, uh, one I really, uh, uh, crew pirate, and I'll finally be able to rest. But, you know, now these guys are going to be able to have the same adventure that changed my life when I was that age, right?
1: Perfect. So, I love yeah. it. And, and okay. I, I like the idea of him leaving clues. Like, because here's the thing, like, if, if he has figured out, uh, like, the engineer's lair, You know, if if he because, yeah. okay, so so he's been studying this this whole time. Now, keep in mind, nobody knew what happened to that rogue pirate like Mikey says. So in the first movie, you know, they they don't know how the map got out, how the amulet like the key amulet got out. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you know, who the hell was this guy? So he goes on this path and like he's realizing no one else has really put the pieces together. Like, Mm -hmm. sure, this guy was a pirate in his own right, but no one realized that he's the connection to One-Eyed Willie. So Mike's putting these pieces together and realizing, like, this is his legacy. This is what he's going to leave behind. He Mm -hmm. discovered the connection between the two famous pirates. So he knows that he might not make make it out of this alive. Like I said, like, we start at the beginning with, like, him having cancer. Maybe the adults all know how serious it is. Like, it's something inoperable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he has so much time to live, like, you know, it'll be longer with chemo and treatment, et cetera, et cetera. But it's pretty much a death sentence. Yeah. Like, it's it's one of those unfortunate things where it's like, yeah, hey, we can make you as comfortable as possible. Um, and we can extend your life with chemo, but you have to, the decision to make, like, do you want to do that or not? Um, so it's more of a quality of life thing. And Mikey's like, mm-hmm. you know what? You know, he tells his family, like, yeah, I'm going to go through chemo. I'm going to, you know, we're, we're all going to hope for the best. But in reality, he's like, fuck it. Like you said, this is my swan song. I'm going mm-hmm. to find, I'm going to find him. I'm going to go find yeah. the engineer and I'm going to leave clues behind, you know, that hopefully someone will find me. But you know, like you said, my, my nephew will know. And he, he clues his nephew in by sending him that first email. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he leaves these these uh, clues himself as he goes through the engineer's lair, mm-hmm. hoping that one day someone will know it was him because he doesn't think he's coming back. Exactly, he's like, yeah. I'm going to get in the lair and that's going to be it. That's my
0: final resting place. Exactly. And he's thinking like just and, and we'll have to figure out what the ending is exactly. But just like, just like at the end of the original Goonies, when the the rock slide happens and the cave wall collapses and Willie's ship like drifts out on t- on the tide. And you see Willie kind of get to sail off into the sunset, at least until the credits roll, you know, <laughs> but at the same you know that that was that was our send off to One-Eyed Willie, and I would love to mirror that exact same thing. We need, you know, exactly. Mikey thinks he's going there because he's like, I'm not coming back. So this, I, I, like, fuck the law. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to break in and break a bunch of laws. You know, and like, right. violate international treaties or whatever. It was, I'm, I, I this is my chance. Like, I have literally nothing to lose. But I can't tell anybody because they'll stop me. So I got to tell them in code so they can find me. And hey, what the hell? Like, we'll make it an adventure. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. because because that's just the kind of guy he is because he loves he loves these Goonie adventures. And again, this type of thing changed in his life and set the course of his life. So why not pass that on to the next person in the way that one had really kind of passed it on to him You know, but with that legacy? Right. Um, and since yeah, he didn't so. have any kids, it's perfect that he leaves it to his niece and nephew. Exactly. Yeah. So there's gotta be some kind of a scene at the end, you know, when we, we finally get to Mikey, you know, maybe he's you know, he's on his last breath and they get to him just in time to like say goodbyes or whatever. We gotta, we gotta imagine some kind of a of a of a sailing into the sunset kind of a scene to end the movie with. So, um, if we don't have it now, we'll have to see if we can circle back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of picturing something it's, it's slowly formulating, but I, I feel like we need to, to get there first. So, um, mm-hmm. One of the things that made the original Goonies so exciting was all of the traps. So we we talk about how the engineer has this lair. Now, are we going to have uh, the traps? Are are they going to be triggered by by Mikey and then the others are going to find the wake? Or is he going to find a way around the traps because he's thinking the way the engineer is thinking and leaving clues on how to get around the traps as well? But maybe, you know, the kids being kids, they do exactly what the Goonies did the first time around and they
0: fuck up and they trigger the traps. (laughs) So we get to see the traps being triggered. No, I think God. you're exact. Yeah, I think no, I think that that's exactly what. Right, that last one there because in this in this case Mikey is kind of also the Oswald co- copper pot except you know, he's not going to get killed. Yes, <laughs> but, exactly. But, but you know, he's got the he's got he's got the know-how and the personal experience. So yeah, so I think I think that Mikey just slides in. It's a breeze for him. For him it's really more of like I'm sick and this is physically taxing and I'm alone and I don't exactly know like what I'm going to find, but he knows enough about the engineer and all the other traps that he's built and all these other places like Oak Island and and, in Astoria. So he's able to like figure him out. So he actually gets there relatively easily, Um, you know, again, just exhausted and exerted. But yeah, I think our Goonies too, our younger group, you know, our new mouth, our new chunk, our new, you know, uh, uh, Steph and and Andy and the rest of them, they're going to go through and they're going to have the clues because Josh has the code and he's able to crack the code but again they're dumbasses they're going to back it you know they're going to back into some button on the wall you know like uh like short round in Indiana Jones from the Temple of Doom, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> the, same, the same actor as Data, right? Yeah. And, or they're going to step on the wrong place. They're going to say the wrong thing. And so it's. I think it would be really interesting if, if Josh the whole time is – he's like, look, I know exactly what to do. I have detailed instructions. I figure out the code because he's like this really, really smart you know, puzzle-solving guy. But he's so frustrated because he's surrounded by morons. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, maybe not morons, but to him, that's what he's thinking. He's like, you guys are all stupid, but really it's like, they're just so many, they're different types of people. You know, they come come from different walks. They've all grown up in different parts of the country. And yeah, so you have your, you have your person who's like super good with languages, uh, but mostly mainly just because these people are like living online now. You got to have your, your, you know, your data type. And maybe this one is like, you know, just, you know. Uh, face always in this phone screen, like somebody who yes. just never, like, never looks up, oblivious to the world around them. They're gonna step on the wrong thing. They're gonna step on a tripwire, you know, or, or whatever, right? right? And then you gotta have your your new chunk character, who, you know, whoever that is, somebody who's very, who's got ADHD, super wild and impulsive, running into everything, you know, uh, uh, full bore. I'm, thi- <laughs> I'm thinking of Grunge from Gen 13 because I'm a comic book nerd. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I got
2: gotcha. you. <laughs>
0: I get <laughs> so instead, instead of being, you know, like the the stereotypical, like trope of like a, you know, of like a silly fat kid, like you had in the 80s movies, you know, which, you know, obviously is very offensive and we can't do that anymore. Um, right. I'm thinking instead, like, again, I love the character of, of Grunge because he's like this, you know, short. But like stocky, strong guy who's super. Con- he's got like short guy syndrome, but super confident. Yeah, but like he, but he's almost like he's taken that short guy syndrome like too far. Like he thinks he's a really good fighter. He thinks he's really good at martial arts. You know, he thinks he's a ladies' man and all these yeah. things. But he is. He is not. He's. It's. It's like, oh honey, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know. But he's gonna barrel into things. You know, just like in yes. the first movie with Chunk, they were like, "Hey, Chunk, come here," because they just wanted an excuse for him to like run through. Him break the glass or break the door open or you know they right. needed a they needed a battering ram and now we've got that you know with uh with this uh, this grunge type character so yeah i i think and I, i'm not sure how much we have to define each of them um you know and you know obviously feel free to jump in and, and take over with some of the other ones but yeah i think we have mikey kind of breeze through and then the younger group, they're going to do the same thing that the Goonies did in the first movie. They're going to have to go through all the traps while while young Josh is like, you know, having an aneurysm burst in his forehead because it <laughs> seems so obvious to him, you know? Right.
1: <laughs> but see, and, and I think we need to have the, that redeeming moment, right, where it's like, you know, he's he's very confident in cocksure and all that and feels like his his friends or his his dad's friends' kids, you know, maybe they're not – a. <laughs> That's OK. That's where we're going to we're going to differentiate the two movies. The The original group were all tight knit friends, like even though Brand was like the older brother, they all still loved Brand. Sure, you know, yeah. like even Andy and Steph, like they they were girls that they went to school with, but they all got along. Everybody yep. liked each other. Yep. So now because these kids didn't grow up together, these kids are, you know, they're scattered to the four winds, you know, where their parents live. They they only see each other at like holidays and like functions where the group gets together for like, you know, maybe they have like a summer barbecue thing or something. So the kids know each other, but they're kind of like, I got to be around them again. So. So, yeah, Josh has this feeling of like these guys are useless, like and they're proving him right again and again. But we have to have a moment where he's so sure
0: of a mm-hmm. trap and he mm-hmm. fucks it up. Yeah. And then everybody else has to save him. And it has to be like a big deal, like it's the big trap. Yeah. And then, and then every one of the other characters has to have has to use their strength in some way. Maybe not all in this one trap, but like as they're going right. through the maze, like they have, we have to show they have to demonstrate that, hey, I'm not a fucking idiot, Josh. Like, you know, you're, yeah. you're just you're just a smart aleck, but like I have, you know, things I can contribute, basically, you know, through their actions. Right. And so, yeah, we're we're gonna have the person with languages. You know, solve some kind of a puzzle, just like Andy did in the first movie when she was like playing piano. You know what I mean? Yep. Maybe it's maybe it's not perfect, but it's like there's some kind of a of a mystery written in some you know unusual language. Maybe not just maybe not just Spanish, but some you know or some combination of like Caribbean languages. Right. Right. So everyone's gonna kind of have you know, and then our grunge character and our data character, yeah, they've got to they've got whoever Mikey was making the, or whoever Josh was making fun of the most has to be the one who's going to save, save him. Right. That's, yes. uh, that's the, so, the connection we have to make.
1: Well, well, here's the thing. So, so we have uh, be, be, okay. Because Josh is kind of this like smart ass, smart aleck, um, not smart ass, but smart aleck kid where it's like, he figures everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a loner. So he's yeah. not used to being around everybody. Right. And I think this is the key. The key factor is all of the kids in the first movie, they were very mm-hmm. much about a group they were they yeah. were the goonies this group each individual one is a loner for a different reason you got uh josh who's a loner because he feels like he's too smart for the crowd you have mouth's daughter uh we got to figure out a name for her but she she's the wallflower she's like the the shrinking violet she's like mm-hmm. very nervous like she's smart as hell but nobody knows because she keeps her mouth shut all the time she's afraid to talk to people Just Sorry, Violet okay, Violet so she's obsessed with language but she's afraid to speak up there you go so now we have uh like data's son or whatever who is totally obsessed with like video games and electronics and, all, and he's a freaking computer genius mm-hmm. but again to him his friends are electronics that's yes. what he likes he likes being around stuff that he can manipulate in his little world you know, he's yep. not used to sharing with other people. He's used to being able to program a world around him.
0: Yeah, so, and all, all of his friends are, like, gamer friends. He only knows their, yeah. their avatar, and they're all assholes because everyone who plays those, you know, <laughs> yes. multiplayer, like, war games, they're all just trying to kill each other, and you know, and they're all trying to, you know, pwn each other. And so right. maybe that's his attitude, too, that every time he opens his mouth, it's some smart-ass bullshit comment because he doesn't know how to, how to talk to people in yes. real life, you know? And then, and then we're going to have the the
1: grunge kid, like, let's so, mm-hmm. be Chunk's son. And again, in his own mind, he's larger than life, yeah. but he's that really annoying kid. And we all knew somebody like this that mm-hmm. is just, like, all about how great they are and wanting to tell you all the cool stuff they're doing. And it's like, oh, all right, dude, whatever. So, like, he thinks he's got all these friends when in actuality he's a he's loner yeah, because think- nobody really wants to be around him. So the difference between the the Goonies 2, T-O-O, is that none of them are a team. They have to learn to become the team on this adventure.
0: Oh, man, this is so good. This is so good. Okay, so real quick, uh, two two points I want to make. One, yeah. So our group is solidified, right? So we have, just to recap, we have Josh. Mm -hmm. Right right, who is basically, he's he's our connection to Brand and Mikey, right? So he's the Brand and Mikey combined, right? Yep. And then we have, uh, we'll just call him Grunge, right? <laughs> who, yeah, uh, I think it works. A, yeah, why not? Who is like the new Chunk, right? Again, that's also like a silly nickname, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, just like in the Gen 13 comic, Grunge's real name is Percival, you know, like uh, Chunk's real name <laughs> is Lawrence, you know, something yeah. who's, and like Fat Kid, it was Horace, right, from Monster <laughs> Squad. Right. Um, so yeah, so we've got Josh and we've got grunge. We have violet who is like mouth and Steph's kid, let's say. So that now we have the mutton, we have those two characters combined. And mm-hmm. then we have, um, we got to name our, our data Data's son needs a name, you know, maybe I get a nickname. Like he was data. I don't know what the, what do you, I don't know what you call some, uh, snarky gamer kid. I'm not a gamer, so I don't know. the I don't know the lingo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. And I don't really know the lingo either personally, cause like, all of the the stuff I learned were from, like, MMORPGs, and, like, that's not really, you know, shooter lingo. Um, so, I, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll, f- we'll figure... It. We'll call him Pone. I don't know. Yeah, there <laughs>
0: so, you go. I was going to say, like, call him Leet or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there yeah, we go, Leet. So,
1: he's Leet. That, well, yeah. that'll work. And we're totally... Anyone who's younger than us listening to this podcast, <laughs> we're totally doing the thing they did in Ghostbusters 3 where we're like, our podcasts still cool? Name the kid podcast! You know, like... <laughs> Exactly. Oh, we're we totally so doing old.
0: that. We sound we sound so old. I know every anyone under like probably the age of thirty listening to this is just like you know uh, there's a, a facepalm, facepalming all around right now. Yeah. 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 But okay, you know so
1: what? We, we are old, so fuck it. Yeah,
0: yeah, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I went completely gray years ago, so I'm just going to own it. Yeah. Okay. So we got, jo- we got Josh, we got Violet, we got uh, Grunge, and we got Leet. So just just four characters. I think that's yeah. good because we have a lot of characters, right? Because right, we also have we
1: still have the parents. Yeah, exactly. And we have you know, and Mikey
0: and the pirates. So like, let's just keep the Goonies two to be a small group because we kind of combine Josh and Andy and Mouth and stuff. Um, okay, so that's good. And then. Um, uh, yeah. So, and I think you know, it's interesting too. You mentioned the thing about them; they're all loners, but they all have to be a team. And I think that's another good—it's um, another good motivation for why why does Mikey leave a a breadcrumb trail and a code for his like tween or teen. Uh, friends kids to come and find him at a dangerous like international <laughs> location that he knows is illegal to go to and maybe again it's the goonie adventure because You know, maybe he sees he sees his friends that to him are his family. Right. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, Josh is his family or sorry, brand is his family. And so is Josh. But yeah, you know, but Chunk and Data, the rest of them to him, they're his family. And he just sees their kids. They're so, you know, um, they have no relationship. They're so detached. And it reminds me of another comic book connection, which is to the Runaways by Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alphona, which was a TV show, which I haven't seen. But there's a show for those of you who like that thing. But it's a great concept because, you know, in you know, spoiler alert because it's in the first episode or the first issue. So sorry if it's a spoiler alert. You know, warning, warning. Here you go. So yeah. in the Runaway, the Runaways, yeah, you have a similar uh, concept of a group of it's like five or six teenagers who are brought together for like a holiday get together. And they don't really know each other, except that they get together like once or twice every year. They kind of, you know, their friends, their parents are friends and they kind of put up with each other. And every year they're kind of stuck in like the game room of the main characters like mansion and to go, you know, entertain themselves. And of course, you know, they they, they see things they shouldn't see and they go places they shouldn't go. And they discover that their parents are secretly super villains who have this cabal, this like secret uh, conspiracy. And now they're teenage kids who are terrified they go on the run. That's the title, The Runaways. And they have to learn to be friends and a family and, in some cases, lovers. And they really come together. And so I think that's, that's a very, very similar thing that we're going to do here. And I think Mikey sees that his family – is not the next generation has not carried on the connection and he's like you know he wants to manipulate that a little bit you know he wants Mm -hmm. to right he wants to say no no like you know i want my family to live on beyond me he's facing his own mortality and thinking like man you know brand is gonna die and mouth is gonna die we're all getting old and like we have to carry on the legacy of the goonies in some way and he's like you know again his whole attitude is like you know fuck it we're going on an adventure and they're coming with me
1: yeah no, I, I, I totally agree. Now, I mean, m- maybe even like, maybe that's what he's hoping will happen. But even though, like, you know, because it, it, it is a dangerous mission to be sending your, your nephew on. Um, but <laughs> like, for sure. m- maybe he's also saying, like, I'm going to be disappearing. Like, mm-hmm. I want someone to know where I am. I want someone to find what I found. And the the person he entrusts is, you know, to like maybe he feels like he's leaving behind his legacy to his nephew. He never had kids of his own. So he's like, I'm going to leave, you know, this behind to my my nephew, the closest thing I have to a son. And maybe one day he'll find me. You know, maybe he's not even thinking like, hey, they're going to come on this adventure. Like, it would be awesome if they did, you know, but it's one of those things of like, you know, I want someone to know I did it. Cause I'm not yeah. coming back from this. <laughs> yeah.
2: So well,
0: that, that, we can maybe combine the two ideas. I think you're right because we're also, we're putting a lot of motivation on a character like Mikey, who's not really going to be in the movie that much. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it's good. Yeah. If Mikey's whole thing is I'm going on my adventure I want someone to know where I am. So I'm, it's, I'm not just a missing you know, person forever. I'm not a, you know, a footnote. And then maybe it's Josh who's so smart. Maybe he's the one who's like, maybe he sees like his uncle Mikey is like his role model, right? And he sees yeah. his uncle Mikey is so smart and he's been able to solve all these mysteries and go on these adventures. And he has this really, really close knit group of amazing friends. And my Josh wants that too. And maybe, maybe he's the one who's like, all right, come on guys. Like you're all coming with me. Like Mikey, Mikey only gives the code to Josh. He doesn't give the code to everybody, but Josh is the one again, maybe, maybe it's like some kind of a summer barbecue get together or something like that. Something that they do every year. So they have an excuse to kind of be all in the same place, you know, maybe down in Florida somewhere. So they're at least close to the Caribbean and right. And then, um, you know, I could I could see Mal and Steph like you know wanting to like you know go to Florida, like live in Florida for some right. reason. that makes that makes sense for some reason, right? So, yeah. um, yeah, so maybe Josh is the one who's like, you know what, you Chuckleheads are coming with me, you know, and he and and he's thinking we're gonna I need your help, you know, and maybe and maybe maybe that's part of it too. Part of it's like I kind of want to have a group of friends like my 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 cool uncle, and part of it's like. Like, I don't speak Spanish. How am I going to charter a boat in the Caribbean? Like, I don't know anything about technology. How am I going to, like, you know, follow this trail that Mike left or some kind of a, you know, like I said, some kind of a digital trail. Because there's, there's some invention that, like, Data came up with, you know, whatever right. it is. Like, Josh, he, he, like, reluctantly needs their help. But, you know, we're all going to see that they're going to become a family, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so we, we got all of our we, – we now have our established connections, um and and we kind of got our location like where Mm -hmm. where they're where they're going so i I feel like much like in our jason episode where we talked about specific kills Mm -hmm. we need to have like some traps what are are the big traps going to be now i like the idea of the flooding tunnels Mm -hmm. so i think that that should be like a major thing because that's going to push them further into the into the scenario like further into mm-hmm. the caves so why don't we do this you had mentioned it's a tourist location like some kind of mm-hmm. tourist map, right so the, the we, we already talked about how the, the the family's gonna get robbed the pirates are gonna get the map that way the mm-hmm. family's gonna be dealing with all the legal trouble you know uh josh and the gang are like you know fuck it we're going after uncle mike you know and they sneak off on their own to go and follow the map they end mm-hmm. up at this tourist trap right so they they buy their tickets you know they violate you know if speaks whatever language they speak so they, they get their tickets they get in and while they're on the tour they sneak off so much like in the mm-hmm. in the restaurant where they find the fireplace and they sneak underground you know josh figures out the path that 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 his uncle followed like okay he w- he went on this tour and at this point we got to kind of sneak away from the tour group and go down you know this this cave this cavern path you know, and like, so they're already walking through the tunnels. Like, they're walking through the parts that have been flooded, you know, or like <laughs> above the parts that have been flooded. So they find this this tunnel, and they go off, and this is where they, the adventure begins. So maybe, hell, maybe even one of the other people in the freaking tour group is one of the Somali pirates, or one of the the new pirates. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's following like, what are they doing? And he's looking at the map, you know, and so they kind of follow behind him. So now, the kids are going through the, the tunnels and all that, so we're, we're gonna have traps like Uh, Maybe the first one will be, you know, they, they, they move something wrong. They hit a lever, they hit a switch, a wall comes crashing down and some of the water that's flooded into the main chamber floods into this tunnel and pushes them further, you know, so Mm -hmm. they have to get through. So now that's what slows the pirate down. Like he can't follow them at this point because the tunnel flooded. So he has to wait for like the water to kind of drain back out again to be like, you know, where the hell did they go? So that'll be like trap number one. So the tunnel. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, don't let me derail you if you have more, but I have a couple of ideas about this flooding trap. Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. So, real quick, it reminds me of, and I cannot remember the name of it, so do not quote me on this, but there is a sort of, like, forbidden national park uh, in in the, the Southwest uh, where uh, there, like, there's, like, this, this fish that only lives in this, like, one, like, little cave, right? It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, in, it's in, like, uh, Arizona somewhere, and people used to go and like uh, swim in this little pond at the bottom of this cave, because there was a place where if you went underwater just a little bit, you could kind of come up and there was like a little like pocket cavern, right? And people, mm-hmm. before it was made completely forbidden because it's super dangerous and because there's this super uh, endangered species <laughs> that lives in their pond. Um, but I'm just thinking of, uh, yeah, what if there's this place where, yeah, uh, the uh, Josh and the group, they go off the path, right? And and real quick, we mentioned something like some kind of technology, something that data invented. And I don't know what it is, and I'm not an inventor and I don't know anything about this, but I'm picturing some kind of a like a, a QR code reader that can read like invisible messages. You know what I mean? Like like okay. they literally they literally have this app where they can hold it up to like a rock formation and and Mikey has somehow left a clue behind in, like, his fingerprints or his body or something that that this app can, like, pick up, right? So that that way they, they literally have, like, this little Star Trek transponder thing that they can kind of that, – that's their their phone that they can kind of follow around. Just something like that, right? So there's clues that are basically invisible. Josh follows them, and they find – off the path, they find this little, like, pool – and but there's like there's like light shining underwater somehow. And Josh is like, oh, like the lights coming from another cavern like that's that's it. That's the that's the key. That's that's why they never nobody ever, ever found the entrance to this place because it's literally underwater in this like dangerous, creepy ass cave. No one wants to go diving in like, a, you know, some random cave lake. So they jump in and or he jumps in and comes out and now he's in this like underground, you know, uh, uh, like grotto. Right. Nice. And, okay. Right. So then everyone else follows him kind of out of desperation because maybe like, yeah, here comes this pirates. Cause on the way there, while they try to like charter a boat, cause they're like rich kids, they get robbed <laughs> by pirates who like steal the chartered boats, steal all their crap. Somehow they manage to sneak one, one of their phone, like Leet somehow has like an extra phone. Like you had two phones.
1: <laughs> right That <laughs> right. makes perfect sense to me <laughs> right. considering how Caleb is with his phones. <laughs>
0: exactly. So they're all like, oh no, we don't have any money, we don't have any phones. And Leet's like, what are you talking about? I got this phone. Right. So. So then they're able to keep going but yeah these are uh, these pirates they're going through all their stuff and they realize that you know they find evidence that they're on some kind of like a like a like an adventure like a treasure hunt so the pirates are following them they get to this to this island where it, it's a tourist attraction which is like a cave tour right so then they go in and they follow the cave tour Josh, uh, Josh goes and jumps under the water and, like, doesn't come back. And the rest of them are like, what the fuck? Where did he go? Like, he's gone. And then here comes the pirates coming up behind him because they, were like, they like put on Hawaiian shirts and stuck into the tourist group. And now they're, like, right. you know, they walk up behind him and, like, stick guns in the small of their back or whatever. And they're, like, you're coming with us or whatever. Or, like, show us where he went or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, he went this way. They all dive in and they come up in the grotto out of desperation. And now the pirates are led back there going, like, what the fuck? You know? Right. <laughs> but we're Dude. but. Yeah, but it's, like, right after this, like, after they all come up and Josh is, like, you know, he's happy that they followed him. And now we get, you know, Grunge or somebody who, like, you know, steps on some tripwire, like, fucks something up, floods, right. the, floods the tunnel. So as the pirates are, are, like, taking off their Hawaiian shirts, getting ready to, like, jump in the puddle, like, you know, very sort of cartoonishly, like, oh, take off my shoes and, you know, take right. out my wallet or whatever. Then, then, then the water just gushes up and, like, blows them back. So that way, okay, we got to get kind of – they're not out of the picture, but we gotta, you know, we gotta pick on them a little bit. We gotta like yeah. have them oh, have yeah. them have them get doused in like some, you know, and like a spray of seawater like coming up at like a geyser out of this flooded tunnel and inside the tunnel. Now the kids can't turn back, they've gotta leave. But then later on when like the parents show up. They realized that oh shit the tide went out and they were and those pirates were able to swim under there so that's how we find out that, oh fuck the pirates are still coming you know so yeah. like when, when we get to the parents story anyway go ahead next
1: so no so so yeah so okay so the parents are following the pirates
0: yeah yeah okay, okay. so what I'm thinking is yeah what I'm thinking is we have the Goonies too. The kids are following Mikey. The pirates who were just they were just robbing the kids. Now they're following them because they realize there's a bigger payday coming if they follow them to a treasure. The right. parents, the parents know that their kids all snuck away from like the barbecue on like Key West or whatever. So they come after them, and then they realize that they're in danger because maybe they find the abandoned chartered boat somewhere, and they're like, oh fuck, right? So they're gonna. So they're gonna. So we're not really gonna focus too much on the original Goonie parents, but they're they've got. They again they're the sloth in the chunk. Like they've got to come up behind the group. We'll focus on them a little bit. They're bickering and arguing over whose fault it is. And like, you know, and this is where we're going to get backstory about Mikey, because they're all going to argue about, oh, you're the one that like didn't go on that adventure. And oh, brand, you know, this is your family again with Mikey and his big adventures, whatever. We're going to get backstory through through their bickering, right? Gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I think most of our focus, very much like in the first movie, most of the focus is on the Goonies, and then the secondary focus is on the Fratellis, and then the third focus is on a, a few scenes here and there of Sloth and Junk. So we just replaced those with, you know, our new kids, the pirates, and the parents. The yes, parents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, okay, well, well, wait, are we, I, I'm getting a little confused here, so let me, okay. let me just backtrack. So now the, the original intent was that you know, once Josh and the and the, or I keep calling him Josh because Josh Brolin. Once Brand, <laughs> yeah, and and the the family like realize that Mikey's gone. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they they kind of figure out like, okay, he's he's going after this thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that they go off to like you know wherever it is, like Jamaica or you know uh d- you know the uh, Dominican Republic or wherever it is that he's going. So mm-hmm. a minute ago we were like he they, it was off the coast of Florida, so that's why I'm I'm confused.
0: Oh like, no what is that? Yeah, uh, yes, we're jumping all over the place, yeah. <laughs> so, well as part of the, part of that too is that the story, you know, we're it's kind of developing as we go along. We've already Oh, kind absolutely. Of changed, we've changed some things as, that we had at the beginning as like more stuff is coming to light. And so, again, just so that we're on the same page and feel free to, you know, correct or change whatever, but okay. I'm I'm picturing it like the family got together because we, we kind of get these people together somehow the, the yeah. kids right the kids have to be together somehow so we can start the movie with you know maybe an email exchange or some one of those scenes where we get to see everybody where they are in, in the world like you know mouth and steph are living in florida and Brandon and andy are living you know maybe they're still in oregon you know we kind of jump around and you know and maybe what it is is maybe here's a here's an idea right maybe it's mikey Maybe not an email. Maybe Mikey's like, hey, guys, it's time for the annual, like, you know, Goonies summer reunion, you know, uh, barbecue and we're, you know, and we're going to do it in down in Key West where I've been working the last couple of years, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, so they all go there. And then when they get there, like they realize you know, there's more to this because Mikey's not there, <laughs> you know, and, gotcha. and, and Josh figures out that the clue was on his invitation, whether it was the paper invitation or an email, he, and, and that's when, you know, he realizes, Hey, there's, there's, there's something here and he wants to follow Mikey. Maybe brand is like, no, it, like, like he's missing. We got a call the police we got to get the authorities involved like the party's off everybody chill and the kids are like fuck that you know (laughs) or at least josh is because josh is like no i want to go on a goonie adventure just like mikey wanted to go on a goonie adventure and brand as a a teenager was trying to stop him and then had to go and chase him to kind of bring him back home right so i'm thinking that now young josh is like no let's go on a goonie adventure go find uncle mikey adult brand is like oh fuck now i gotta find mikey and the kids you know <laughs> and, right and right so yeah so then that that's how we get our our, our groups following each other and i just randomly picked key west because i or florida or someplace i'm just thinking someplace where they would have an excuse to be together before they go off on on this adventure you know and hell maybe they start in jamaica maybe that's where the where the where the family party is um uh, it doesn't. I, I honestly, I don't. I don't think it really matters necessarily as long as we're we're consistent with it. So yeah, if if yeah.
2: it's yeah.
1: I was just thinking. Uh, the reason I had picked Jamaica originally was just you know the whole uh, the the history of pirates and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I was just thinking like if this if this guy had escaped from One Eyed Willie, mm-hmm. uh, he he would probably want to get away from wherever it is that Willie settled. And since he settled in the Americas, it's like mm-hmm. get, get away, <laughs> like you know. Mm-hmm. Go somewhere else, and you know, maybe you know, he went back, like I said, to, to like the Dominican Republic or somewhere around there and set up his own thriving, mm-hmm. you know, piracy area. Um, so yeah, so what if, uh, again, because because like you know, the, the adults, maybe the parents know that Mikey is sick, mm-hmm. you know, they they know what's going on, they're aware of it, so like, yeah, so maybe the, the, the this time the Goonie get together um is gonna be somewhere like in jamaica like we're going all out because this is like mikey's last hurrah you know so they all all the families arrive you know they get there mikey's already supposed to be there and that's when they find like a note
2: you know or whatever
1: and it's like and you know brand is like what the hell like you know because now his 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 brother who is you know he knows is sick and has promised him like he's He's gonna do everything he can to to be there for his family and he's gonna go through the treatments and this, that, and the other. And meanwhile, you know, now he's off on another damn goony adventure. Um, so Brand is pissed, like you said. Yeah. The kids take that and they're like, you know, you know, Josh finds out about it. He's like, you know, I want to find Uncle Mike. You know, he's he's clearly onto something. There's some kind of treasure, you know, so he wants to go chasing after him. Now, what if before anybody leaves, right? Like they're, maybe they're they're going to charter a boat or something. That's when they get robbed by the by the pirates. Okay. So yeah. and the re- the reason I'm thinking this is because you said the Hawaiian shirts thing and I immediately thought of Chunk and I thought <laughs> of like the vacation wear that this mm-hmm. group would have. So like I'm picturing like the Gilligan hat, like mm-hmm. lots of sunscreen, like big stupid glasses, <laughs> the the flip flops and like sandals with the knee high socks, like that kind of crap. Yeah. And so of course the pirates are gonna like dress up in like you know rich dad wear. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I think that's that's a comical enough point where it, it it lends itself to the fact that, much like in Home Alone, you have these types of comedic movies where mm. tricks and traps and silly stuff is happening that would mm. kill a man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like but we're, we're like laughing it off with like the sound of like birds flying around their head type of thing, you know. So having the weird, goofy dad get up on these, you know, ragtag pirates is hilarious to me, that visual image. So it, it works when we have like the geyser of water hitting them and, you know, we're going to have stuff like falling on their heads and stuff like that. So I think that that works. But now, OK, now that I've, I've got the
0: the 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 location set in my head, I think I can move forward. I'm yeah. getting a little confused. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I think you're right. No, And I think listeners might be too because we jump around so much, at, you know, going through the the creative like hoops that we kind of have to figure out. Because you know, when you write a story, it's very rarely linear when you write oh, it, linear yeah, when you never. read it, you know what I mean? But like when you write something, it's like – I mean we're jumping to the end first sometimes because you, we – you know, whenever i like to write a story if i haven't if i can come up with the ending that's the best way to start because you want to have some place to go you know yes. and and then we talk about our themes right the themes of like family and and facing your mortality and mm-hmm. you know and, and history repeating itself and so i think that these things are more important than like you know the details but now we're into the details yes. so just a quick review without belaboring the point so yeah exactly what you just said the family gets together in jamaica and they are, you know, it's like their big get to, their big get together, their annual or biannual get together. Uncle Mike is missing. Now the parents are pissed off. They want to like call the authorities. They want to figure out where he went. You know, uh, they're thinking rationally and then we have mm-hmm. our like our like teenage group and they're not thinking rationally because Josh you know, he thinks he's smarter than everybody else and knows better you know he's like no no, no like Uncle Mike left me this like map it's a digital map right it's right. like this like this invisible message map and so he wants to go off and do that you know he takes the rest of the, the teens with him because he kind of needs their strengths or, or, or whatever and or or he just wants their silence like don't tell dad you know <laughs> so right come, <laughs> right, come. So, yeah, so, they, again, they try to charter a boat. They get robbed by pirates, the pi- you know, or, uh, uh, the, you know, whatever, whoever, they, they, they get stopped by the pirates. And then now they're trying to get to – it's some, like, remote island somewhere, you know, between Jamaica and, like, Haiti, somewhere where there's, like, a uh, – there's, like, there's a famous, like, you know, cave, big cave, and people, tourists go there on, like, a chartered boat, and they go through the cave tour. And that's where Josh, you know, thinks that my Uncle Mike is gone because there must be something more – to that island than just this like you know cave tour that everyone knows about and so but they have to get there so there's going to be a little bit of of uh of adventure on the way to the cave, maybe avoiding these pirates who are trying to chase them, avoiding authorities, you know, some, you know, some silly some silliness that they get into. And so they yeah, they get to the cave, like you said, they've realized that they have to go off this little path and like get into the underground tunnel. And the pirates are coming up behind them because they're just thinking about a payday because you know they they find evidence that hey these are like rich kids, you know, <laughs> that we robbed, right? And then now the parents are like, oh shit, our kids have run off. They know where they're you know Something tells them where they're going. Like you know, again, maybe Josh was trying to get the kids to be quiet. Don't tell dad. But you know, Grunge or somebody, you know, right. like text his mom, you know, before their phones get stolen or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, man, I'm not like, you know, see you tomorrow. Or he takes a, t- takes a selfie of himself. I was just he takes a selfie. Yes,
1: he <laughs> yeah. posts that shit on Twitter. Or yeah, and then his <laughs> like, mom hanging out with the gang. You know, because again, he yeah. wants everyone to think he has all these friends, but nobody. You know, nobody believes him. so
0: it's <laughs> like, hey, check it out. That's perfect. Hanging out with the gang, you know <laughs> yeah. exactly. And then, like, his mom or somebody sees it on social media, and they, maybe they show it to the police that that they've called, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that, you know, whatever. And they point out like where they went, and they're like, oh, that that's like the next island over, you know. And mm-hmm. so that now, now, so now they're off, and they're going to follow the clues. But they're, the clues they're following are not the digital clues that Josh is following to get to Mikey's treasure. The pirates are following just straight up following the kids and the kids are too like oblivious to realize <laughs> that they're being tailed by these like fake tourists and mm-hmm. then the, pa- the parents are going to follow like the physical clues of you know hey we found the missing phone or you know we whatever it is you know what i mean or just evidence that they've been here um so it's you know we're going to kind of have these you know these different layers and yeah and then once we get into the cave uh that then we're going to have the opportunity to have like some cool traps and so we're of kind of circle back to where we were you know, a little while ago when you were talking about traps just like kills and i noticed in my rewatch of the goonies today that it takes them 45 minutes of the movie to get into the tunnel underneath the restaurant and yes. then another like half an hour to get into like the really, really like good traps, like, you know, beyond the the wishing well. And so mm-hmm. it's like, man, like it's a long movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a long flick. All right. Let's talk about traps here. So we have the the the, the geyser or the water flooding uh, the tunnel. So we already have that scene. So we definitely have to have some kind of cave in. You know, because that was a, a big, scary trap in the first movie where we had them playing piano and like the floor was falling away. Um, you got the scene where Data falls and uses the pinchers of power like mm-hmm. these are all very memorable scenes. So I think when you're dealing with caves, what what are the three primary, you know, uh, pitfalls that you're going to have? Obviously, a pit. <laughs> so yeah, a pit for sales. sure. Yeah. Um, some kind of falling rocks, boulders, stalactites, like you're going to have something like that stuff falling at you. And yep. then you're going to have water flooding an area trapping you. So we mm-hmm. already used the water flood. So I feel like we're going to have to do something uh, again with using each, using each character's strength. Maybe we'll have to do something like um, Well, obviously a language trap. So mm-hmm. much like the piano trap, maybe there's a language trap where they have to, you know read the clues and press certain stones or something like that like maybe there's like different shaped stones in the wall right
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they, they have like inscriptions carved into the rock above it and it's all in different languages so like yeah. you know again like we've talked about with the, the caribbean like there's tons of different languages used there so we have different languages there and violet has to figure it out like which stone to turn or which stone to, to take out of whatever configuration we have and like maybe she gets one or two wrong because she's nervous because you know she is a shrinking violet um you know she pulls the wrong one and like part of the floor collapses away yeah so we, we, we kind of repeat that uh maybe like down below we see like a bunch of like you know bamboo spikes or something <laughs> just yeah some kind of craziness down there
0: yeah for sure i think that's good and then that that's perfect kind of mirror that piano scene right from the first movie and then um I, one thing that, that, that the engineer, like, didn't use in one of Willi's maze was he didn't really use animals of any kind. I mean, there's bats, but I don't know that that was really on purpose, right? Yeah. And I think – Maybe that could also be true here. Now that I'm realizing it, maybe it would be cool if there was just another one of these like falling floors, or maybe it's like maybe it's like a fake wall. Like they go to lean on a wall and it just like falls out, and, and like at, you know at the bottom there's a bunch of like you know like uh, you know st- uh, stalagmites or something, you know like spikes yeah. sticking up. But at one point somebody's got to fall into uh into like a pit. Uh, almost like a crevasse with this water at the bottom and they can't get out because the sides are all slick. Cause it's like limestone, you know, or, or the calcium, you know, drippings you get in caves that form like stalagmites and stalactites. Yeah. So it's like, so they're on at the bottom of almost like uh, you know, there's no handholds, you know, and maybe there's like, eels in there you know again because it's you yeah. know it's the, it's the ocean and it's a cave so there's got to be some kind of and maybe this is where somebody like grunge who thinks he's such a such a badass you know maybe he's the one who literally can like jump in there and like not only like tackle these uh this giant like moray eel but then he, he's going to almost be like acrobatic enough to be like you know back on the wall legs on the other wall and like i'm gonna crawl crab crawl you out of here and like he like saves the day because he's like fucking spider-man in this like little (laughs) hole in the ground you know
1: that's awesome okay yeah so so we can either do well we could do one of two things we could either have it be like uh, uh, like a freaking crocodile or something Mm -hmm. like that like like some kind of like Mm-hmm. like old albino crocodile <laughs> like maybe this okay so we got this like tunnel or, or this like uh like i'm picturing like a rounded cav- cavern you're mm-hmm. talking about like the, the sides being kind of slick maybe it's like sloped at the bottom so it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to get a foothold it's filled with water and there's a cave like a uh, like another cave in there leading sure. like a dark tunnel and out of that dark tunnel we see this this like old frickin like like the Peter Pan style, <laughs> you know, like yeah. alligator crawling or crocodile crawling out. And, uh, you know, maybe it's it's, uh, you know, we'll have data uh, or uh, leet fall in. So okay, yeah. and like un- unlike his dad, he doesn't have the pinches of power to save himself. <laughs> so exactly. he falls, yeah, in, you know, and then grunge, who is like, again, he wants to be friends. But Leet, again, being the the gamer kid who's got all of his gamer tag friends, who's like too cool for school kind of thing. He didn't want nothing to do with grunge. Like grunge annoys him. He's like, Oh God, you you're like you're way too into the real world. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you're too much about like tactile experiences. I want everything virtual. Um, you know, so so he freaks out because there's this freaking crocodile coming after him. And yeah, like, you know, grunge jumps in, like, freaking drops an elbow on the thing. You know? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <It's just>, exactly. <laughs> then grabs grabs Lee and starts like monkey crawling out of the freaking, you know, the tunnel. Um, but this would be funny to actually have an animal attack because, mm-hmm. and this is the other reason why I suggested Leet, because we all know about the famous octopus scene that was cut out of the original movie.
0: Yes, I was and just about to mention that.
1: Data is the one who says the octopus was really scary. So we have Data's son fall in and face off against the crocodile.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's, yeah as soon as you mentioned the crocodile, I was like, that's just like the octopus. it's perfect 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 parallel. <laughs> and then yeah I have picking a elite to be the one yeah that's the uh, that's a choice <laughs> yeah, that's
1: <laughs> so perfect. yeah so now we have we have two major traps we have the the flood we have the or actually three we have the falling the falling stones mm-hmm. uh, or falling floor you know um, and then we have the well maybe we we could we could combine those sure you know the falling the falling stone thing it leads into that pit maybe there's mm-hmm. a couple different pits you know maybe maybe like the crocodile just kind of lives in this series of underground caverns, yeah. and you know, is eating like you know fish and whatever the hell else it can get. But like the floor, the 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 ceiling above it is like these tightly packed rocks that mm-hmm. the engineer packed together. That like one wrong stone turn, it's going to drop like the the central rock out of the the
0: formation to collapse the floor.
2: You yeah, know? yeah. So like, it's
0: like, it's like like dominoes yeah like knocking like the keystone out of the arch yeah that makes perfect sense yeah, yeah. that's really great and, and i think too it'd be interesting let, let, we can up the annie a little bit too because in the original goonies all the traps were not not entirely but they were mostly like let's take some rocks and like some chains and like you know make them dangerous like the rocks are gonna fall from the ceiling or the rocks are gonna fall away you know yeah. it was like he was r- really working with what he had there um but in the Oak Island money pit in real life, no one ever really proved it. But there's a little bit of evidence that there may have been like mine cart tracks inside there at one point. And I'm just thinking with uh, – what's his name? The character plays – there's a key, key uh, Kwan data. Yeah,
1: Ki Kwan, I think it is. Or
0: yeah. I don't know how – H-U-Y. I'm not sure how to pronounce that yeah me neither but with with data he was also short round which i mentioned once already in right uh, Indiana jones in the temple of doom and that's just got me thinking about minecarts and i don't know like if it would make any kind of sense in like a caribbean cave but i think it would be interesting if maybe not a minecart necessarily but you know some kind of a uh, like a transportation you know because also the engineer has to move all these goddamn rocks like maybe there's some yeah. kind of like like a mini version of like a minecart with like a platform almost like a like a conveyor belt kind but like or like an escalator style conveyor belt and uh you know so they're so you know they they have to find that but you know there's uh there's some kind of a danger where if they you know if if they go off or the track goes over like a chasm, you know? And, and so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they have to find the safe way to like get this little skateboard sized cart, like across this. There's like some kind of a trick to it, you know, where they have to, they have to use a counterweight, you know, to, to get it to just the right weight so that the, this little platform will shoot over like a, like a zip line or something, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I actually really like the idea of the, of a mine cart thing. Cause we had the water slide at the end of the first one. There you go. Um, so what if the, like the final thing to like get into the cavern, like the final cavern where the engineer's lair was, mm-hmm. it is, it is a minecart, but okay. it's going to be like, there, there's going to be like two paths, like one where the minecart would have been brought back up to bring, you know, bring all the rocks and stuff out of the cave that he was digging to create his lair. Mm-hmm. But there's the, the minecart track that goes in. And what if the minecart track that goes in, like, as they're going down, there's like, you know uh spikes kind of in the ceiling like facing out toward them that they got to like drop and duck under you know like almost getting impaled on the spikes like there's all sorts of weird tricks and traps and like if you like at one point they're gonna have to like lean all to the right to like move the cart to another track because the other one is a dead end you know that Mm -hmm. just goes right into like a big brick or not brick wall big stone wall you know where they would have just kind of like splatted on um Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we could have all sorts of fun tricks and traps along the minecart path and eventually have it like, you know, come to, to rest in like a big like thing of sand or something like that. And then they look up and there is, you know, whatever his layer is going to look like. I'm kind of picturing you mentioned the underground grotto before. So I'm kind of picturing something similar to that with like a little lagoon around it. But maybe there's like some kind of it's not maybe it's not even a boat. Maybe it's just some kind of like little cabin or like little hut. That he had created where all of his treasures and, you know, stuff is hidden.
0: Yeah, so I had an interesting idea. I, I love the minecart idea. I, I'm I'm almost picturing it, almost like spiraling at the end, like just for the, the theatrics, you of know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so what if at the bottom of this, the engineer, very much like Mikey, like what if the engineer went there, like because he knew that this was the this was his last hurrah, like maybe his own tomb is down there, right? So very oh. much, very much like very much like when Mikey originally found One Eyed Willie. One Eyed Willie basically had chosen to die at this like table not full of food but but full of treasure like the treasure was what was keeping them alive like this you know sort of metaphorically like you know this was our sustenance and then he clearly probably poisoned you know all of his crew that were left at the table and himself as well um and so yeah what if the engineer in again paralleling the story what if he's down there and you know he's just his skeleton is laid out on like a funeral bier, you know, like some you know medieval knight, you know, and uh and and it's like he would built this giant dragon horde tomb around himself with all this stuff, except the treasure's gone. Right. Um oh. oh and first of all, real quick before I forget because I want to follow this, but I forgot to mention it'd be really cool if there was like, you know, like People had invented like submarines in like the 17th century, like these little like wooden, you know, like uh, basically like wooden uh, bell jars, you know, I think it'd be really cool if instead of a pirate ship, there was a tomb and this little like ancient submarine that this is what the engineer used to like get down there in the first place, you know, like he fell. Oh, okay. Like he found this grotto and like dug his way out right um which anyway but that would just be like a, like a cool little side note just to make it a little bit different than uh, than the pirate ship but yeah what if it's interesting what if you know josh and the crew they finally get to the bottom of the mine cart you know they 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 they, they you know peel away the the cobwebs or whatever into the final whatever is in the, the way the final doorway for the big reveal and they're expecting like a pirate ship or something and they see this big tomb and like a, a like a wooden bier and there's like a skeleton laid out on it and like pirate gear and standing right next to it is Mikey and he's like looking at this pirate like skeleton laid out and it just and then he looks up and you know he's like you know just like before he's like hey guys how long have you been standing there and yeah. uh, but he's like crushed because the treasure is gone I mean, maybe there's like a couple of Gold pieces laying around, a couple of broken, you know, things, broken chalices or whatever, and yeah, everyone gets in expecting this big treasure, and it's like it's been robbed. Who knows how long ago? Like big twist, you know, like somebody yeah. found it. Again, maybe that's where the second the submarine thing came from. Who knows? But like, it's gone. See, now I, I both, I both
1: like that, but I also dislike it because only because. With this being a, a like kid movie type thing, you almost kind of need that like carrot at the end, you know, the yeah. carrot <laughs> on the end of the stick. So like what I'm thinking, we go with that, right? Like we go with the, you know, it's gone. The treasure isn't here. And you know, and Mikey is very disillusioned, like he's you know, he's sitting there like, This was my, my final hurrah and somebody beat me to it. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing. But using again the next generation, Josh figures out a clue that mikey missed
0: ah so and one and more now, thing and now that that goonies theme music starts to play you know yep <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead.
1: so so he finds like this yes this was the tomb what if the tomb was built upon the treasure room
0: okay yeah so they somebody sets. uh sorry i keep talking over no, you no, goldberg, somebody somebody right. has said some, you, you tell the story but we haven't had a rube goldberg device yet right yes and, and we need Gold- it those are all over the first movie, right? And that was the connection between Mikey and Woody and Willie in the first place. It, it, thematically is that they both were building these machines, except now we realize it wasn't Willie at all. It was the engineer who was building all these machines. So in his tomb, there has to be this, like, really complicated Rube Goldberg device where, yeah, the engineer knew they're going to break in here like, like you know, grave robbers. They're going to see the treasure's gone. They're going to leave. But ha, 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 like the treasure's actually still really here. I love that. I love that idea. So now That's- they have to have this really big, like, like huge, dramatic Rube Goldberg device where it's like, is it going to kill everybody or is it going to reveal something interesting, you know?
1: Maybe, like, the, the cave starts collapsing in and around them, like, all around the sides of the room, like, the walls mm. are starting to fall away. Here we go, yeah. So we got the, the walls start to fall away, Uh, you know, de- as the, the device goes, revealing there is actually a pirate ship in another cave, like, an adjacent cave. And on there is the actual treasure.
2: Okay. So maybe
1: that was the engineer's, like, that was his, like, he stole a boat from the fleet, you know. Mm-hmm. He he went there, he kept, much like Willie, because again, if he's the guy that designed all this for Willie, he, mm-hmm. you know, designed it again. He had that little submarine thing to get in and out of his final resting place,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and then he laid it out, you know, laid out a few doubloons to make it look like his treasure was stolen. Mm-hmm. Everything is walled off with this big elaborate machine that he's built like that was his that was his swan song building the machine
0: yep that he laid
1: down he
0: laid down to die you know and and that's and he's laid there ever since yeah no that's awesome so we, we can't forget that the pirates and the parents are following our kids in here, right? So yes. the kids get in. This is perfect. The kids get in. They see Mikey's there. Mikey's so sad because he just, you know, he thinks the treasure's gone. He sees the engineer and dead body there. And then, he, again, you know, the, the the kids, they set off <laughs> accidentally or whatever, you know. It's kind of funny when it's a, when it's an accident, really, because, like, they've all come to, like, become competent competent and confident in each other. They've all become a team. But, you know, they're still kind of bumbling idiots, right? No, they're <laughs> kids. <laughs> or, or or even – oh, no, even better. even OK, I love that. But even better, what if now the pirates, they just come barreling in with, like, no subtlety whatsoever? And we've seen them a couple times before. We've seen them a few times before, like, you know, kind of on the trail, right? But yeah. they come barreling in, you know, guns out trying to surround everybody and they're pissed. Like, where's the treasure? What's this all about? What a waste of time. We almost died. Now you're gonna die. And then, you know, they're swinging their guns around. Or maybe the, maybe the one guy, he kicks something. He kicks like a broken crown on the floor. And then it's like, there goes the theme music, you know, off the roof. Because yes. he, he, he set off the, it was like the most, you know, very much like the wooden, you know, Holy Grail back to Indiana Jones, you know, this time with a uh, uh, with uh, the Last Crusade. It's like the thing you would expect the least, like some broken little thing on the ground. He just kicks it out of frustration, sets off the machine, and. Yeah, everyone's just watching in awe and amazement. And this is when, like, the parents come in. Brand comes in, like, just like, you know, like, uh, like sloth out of nowhere and just, like, cold cocks, you know, <laughs> these these pirates or, like, takes a, you know, a, a big, you know, wooden beam and just knocks them. So the parents get to come in, the original Goonies, and, like, you know, overtake the pirates and, you know, uh, grab them up, tie them up, whatever. Like, they've saved the day. They've rescued the kids, but they're all just watching this machine. And then, yeah, the walls start to fall and they're like that's it like it's not gonna reveal the treasure it's like it's a death trap and so they're like we got to get out of here you know the parents grab the kids they grab the pirates and maybe they jump in the little submarine thing and they're like how are we gonna use this i don't know but we're all gonna die you know right and uh so they get out of there and you know they're looking back and they're just seeing it fall and like they're like mikey come on mikey and mikey's like no like i can't like i'm not coming you know what i mean and so Anyway, so that's his swan song. He's going to stay there and like they don't want to leave him but like they got to get out because the rocks are coming, they're going to die. So they, and we just see rocks fall around Mikey and it's like oh no. But then like you know the camera goes back to Mikey and he turns and he sees, you know, the wall coming down. He was, like, standing in, like, the exact right place, you know, because he's smart like the engineer. And he sees the wall come down, and there's the pirate ship, and it's, like, full of treasure. But he's the only one who gets to see it. Like, that's his treasure. That's what he came there for. You know, everyone else got an adventure, but he came for the for the ship. But he's got to, you know, but it's, you know, 2022 or whatever. So, you know, he has a cell phone. He takes a picture of it, and he texts it to Josh, and it's, like, yes. just, just between the two of them. It's, like, that's their little secret. You know what I mean? Like, that Mikey got to he, – he got there, you know, and maybe someday Josh will find a way to get back. And now that it's, like, sunk under the ocean, you know, so right. Mikey, Mikey goes down with the ship, you know, almost quite right. literally. And now Josh is going to grow up to be, like, a sunken, you know, pirate ship treasure hunter, you know, <laughs> or something like that because he knows that that treasure is down there somewhere.
1: I only want – I, I want to make, uh, like, one small change. Yeah, go ahead. So, same same exact thing, right? Only, I still like the idea of Josh being the one that one-ups Mike,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: figuring out that there was a, a piece to the puzzle that he missed. Sure. Because, you know, Mike is still there, he's very disillusioned, like, the treasure is gone, you know, it was just, uh, you know, this was just a lead to the engineer's final resting place. Like, yeah, he has this connection with the engineer, but mm-hmm. it's still like, you know, he thought, you know, hey, one last treasure hunt, and the treasure isn't there. So, what if Josh figures it out? But as he figures it out, that's when the pirates show up. Got so it, the pirates yeah. don't trigger the trap. They point their guns at him. They're pissed off. And Josh realizes like, I don't know what he has to move, what he has to flip, whatever, whatever the, the ignition point of the Rube Goldberg device is. Mm-hmm. right? As the pirate points the gun at his uncle, he pulls whatever lever it is or hits whatever thing it is. And the room starts shaking. And then the oh. pirates are like, what the hell's going on? You know? And that's, maybe maybe mikey gets shot yeah know? oh
0: yeah yeah so
1: but it's it's not more like maybe it's not a mortal wound it's but he gets hit and like that's when the you know the parents come in they see shit shaking they beat the hell out of the pirates they tie him up you know mm-hmm. and then they're like yeah they do the whole thing where it's like we got to get out of here mikey's wounded and he's he's our, like you know he's still asthmatic so maybe he's like taking a hit off his asthma inhaler and he's like yeah you know no this is where i'm supposed to be Mm-hmm. And he looks back, like as the family is escaping mm-hmm. as they are leaving he looks back and he sees the pirate ship. and maybe there's just like mounds of gold on the deck. you yeah. know like he sees it oh. bigger field and takes the photo laughing and sends it to to Josh,
0: yeah, yeah, I thought he's so good, too. okay, so let me back up for a second. two comments. One, since the treasure is gone again, maybe there's just a couple of like little things on the on the ground, right? But we had mentioned way back at the beginning of the story that, like, the engineer stole something from One-Eyed Willie and like took off with it, right? And we yeah. never we never saw what that was in the first movie because it didn't really exist. We're gonna learn about it. What if that's the only thing that's left? Whatever it is, and maybe it's not even like like a big sapphire. What if it's just one of those like skull shaped like puzzle keys? Remember, like like. Oh uh, yeah, okay like uh, Oswald Copperpot had it and they found it in the sand and then they needed that to like, you know, solve the puzzles later on. Mm -hmm. So that's what it it was like, it was literally the key to the puzzle. And that's what Josh figures out is that like, you know, it is right and Mikey should have figured it out. It was right in front of him, but Josh figures out. So when the pirates come in and they're like, where's the treasure kids, where's the treasure? Like, where is it? And then Josh is like, "Oh, it's right there, you know." And, and so the the pirate, being an idiot, grabs the thing out of the dead guy's hand, and like it's, yes. tied, it's tied to a chain or something. And it's like, "Oh shit!" Like the the key, the, the it was literally the key to the puzzle, and it was like right inside this like on the beer, like literally through the pirate, like he was holding it in his hand, you know. Yes. As he died, yeah. And so you're exactly right. So they all get out, and we have to have the scene where we see Mikey Sean Aston. He turns. And you just see his face just light up like with golden light. You know what I mean? And And then we just get the briefest glimpse of like there's a ship and then the sunlight just glares off the gold and the screen goes white and we cut outside and everybody's getting out of the with the submarine or the, with the boat whatever the fuck it is they get out you know as the cave is just everything's just not only just collapsing but it's going like underwater and we're hearing a siren go off and like the tourist boats are leaving and like you know here comes like the local you know authorities cuz they're like it's like an earthquake you know Right. And yeah and so we just got the the glow on Mikey's face the briefest glimpse of like sunlight shining off of gold before the screen went white and then yeah and then Josh's phone buzzes and he lifts it up and there's this amazing picture of of the ship that Mikey took you know and he and he went down with it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love it. And one one quick note about the key Mm-hmm. That, maybe this is why willie was pissed maybe it was willie's but like maybe they had multiple keys like that mm-hmm. but you know how it was like a skull shaped key and it had like the two eyes and the open nose hole mm-hmm. maybe this key only has one eye and one nose hole so it's like
2: oh, okay it, it's
1: missed so it is it's one-eyed it was one-eyed willie's key that he took ah. so like that's that was the connection
0: that's good. And maybe it's maybe Mike at some point, you know, can he can uh, he can surmise or he can postulate that. Like, what if Willie didn't mean to die in that cave? What, what if he like couldn't get out because the engineer stole his key and he couldn't oh, like get the sh- he couldn't get the ship out of the cave because they they put it inside of a trap and then the key to the trap was gone. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right? that's perfect. That'd be good. That'd be really. Oh, I so, love the, this. so the engineer
1: who was like you know, a worker for One-Eyed Willie one-upped him and actually became, like, the mastermind behind this entire thing, tying it all together. I I love it. I love it, yeah, so he
0: he runs off with the key and the map and everything. At some point along the way, he either ditches the map because he thinks it's unimportant or he loses it, whatever it was, but yeah, and then, you know, Willie kills all of his men, and maybe not even necessarily because he wanted to keep the secret, but because, like, at that point, like, he's trapped in there. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Ah, perfect. Okay. So, yeah. So the, the family, you know, they, they, they watch maybe the, the, the cave or whatever this area is, maybe it's collapsing. Like you said, there's an earthquake happening, you know, Mm -hmm. water's rushing in, you know, they're, they're watching on the shore as the authorities rush in and all that. Maybe that, you know, they're dragging out the pirates um, Mm -hmm. from the submarine. Uh, And, and like, you know, they, they realize like, you know, Mikey's gone. Like this was his final resting place. So we have that, like that touching family moment, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where they all say, say their goodbye to the, you know, their leader of the Goonies and, yeah. uh, and we see the next generation of Goonies has, have now solidified, you know, and, and now they're like best of friends and maybe we, we close out the movie with like all of them keeping in contact with each other, like, mm-hmm. you know, cause they obviously live in different places, but you know, we, we could have them like, you know, FaceTiming or whatever, you know, maybe Violet's come out of her shell a little bit. She's you know, like she's super talkative, like her dad, um, yeah. You know, Grunge actually is excited because he really does have friends and Mm -hmm. he gets to show them off to all of his, you know, the people who didn't believe him. You know, Josh realizes that, you know, it's it it doesn't matter if he's the smartest one in the room. He sometimes needs help and that's okay. You know, and and Leet realizes that, you know, while, you know, the video game world is great and everything, you know, real world matters way more. (laughs) So it's like we could have like them all learning their their little life lesson and kind of close out the movie on a happy note and uh you know question mark if they'll ever be a
0: goonies 3 <laughs> yeah yeah no i love this we should do that thing that a lot of movies you know tend to do which is like you know again mikey goes down with like with the sinking cavern the collapsing island and it's like it kind of ends in chaos and we just see josh just kind of watching you know uh, um intently or whatever like uh thinking about you know his uncle mike and you know wishing him well just like mikey in the first movie kind of watched uh wanted really you know float off into the sunset in his pirate ship and then it's like fade to black one year later right and then we do everything that you just said one year later and they're back for like it's the next year it's the next get together they're back in jamaica again or somewhere you know close by because they're going to honor you know um fallen uncle mikey and yeah again this time they're not strangers this time they're friends. and we get to see all those things that you just said about how they've all you know Grunge has friends and Lee has come out of a shell and and now they're they became a tight-knit crew because they had that adventure together and now we get to see that that it's that it has survived even uh, this year later. and yeah. you know and and then we, our, what if our little stinger is like you know uh, Josh makes some comment about like you know they never they never they never found you know that tomb or that ship or they never found Mike or whatever. And then, you know, he like reaches into his like backpack and he pulls out and he has that that skull key, you know, like uh, like like he made off with it, you know, in, right. the, in the collapsing chaos. And he just kind of like, you know, to kind of like, you know, wink to the camera or whatever of like, you know, maybe there's more maybe there's more adventures to be had and then cut to nice. cut to credit, cut to
1: credits. Nice.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I no, I think I think this uh, this is this is a solid tale. And and I'm going to I'm just going to say it. I'm going to address the elephant in the room. We we both know Goonies is a very beloved film by many people who do not want to see a sequel, who do not want to see a remake. You know, and this keep in mind, this podcast is all about just imagining what ifs. It's the whole idea of like if Goonies 2 is going to happen. How would we want to see it done? And again, it's all off the cuff. So it's all, you know, maybe we would change details here and there the more we worked with it, as any story would go. But, you know, I, I want to address that because I know I've heard a lot of people say, you know, oh, they they shouldn't make a sequel to Goonies. Or, oh, they should never remake the Goonies. The same thing with Back to the Future. Don't ever remake mm-hmm. Back to the Future. But we have to understand, Hollywood will eventually touch these beloved properties. So yep. the whole the whole uh, thought process behind this is, if it's going to happen, how would we do it? So, you know, yeah. I just, cause I, I know people are going to be like, don't do, don't do Goonies too. <laughs> like, yeah. You
0: ruined my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you, but exactly everything comes back for a sequel heck you know <laughs> coming to America gets a sequel 20 years later and right. you know, the, ma- the matrix comes back and then they remake everything you know everything under the sun has been remade and redone and rebooted you know it's sometimes just almost unrecognizable like the Heather's TV show you know yeah. and it's like I, that to me is one of those things where it's like you can't remake Heather's like are you, kidding? Right. <laughs> you know like you know like a sequel to Watchmen what like you can't do that you know and yeah. so yeah I agree To me, this is us imagining, well, you know, if we could do it in a way that was respectful to the original uh, franchise or the original creation without, you know, the Hollywood BS that seems to creep into these projects, you know, exactly. You know, know, I'm on board with what you're saying. Like, let's let's just imagine a what if fantasy scenario where they actually did a remake that was good
1: (laughs) (laughs) the the other reason why i point that out is because i know i i'm I'm sure well in fact i know for a fact that you have a list just like i do of of properties you eventually want to touch on in in this show and i know at some point we're going to get to back to the future and i i know there's a whole hatred of the concept of anything more back to the future but Hollywood has already bandied it about several times. I know everyone involved is like, hell, it ain't going to happen. We're not doing it. We refuse. But you know, hell, it might be another 20 years down the line. Somewhere, someone is going to go, let's remake Back to the Future. It's going to happen. So those sacred properties where there's – like, even if we don't want to see it done, we're, we're going to we're gonna take up the challenge of how would we do it if it had to be done, you know? Yeah. So that's exactly. kind of, like, where I'm coming from on it. Because, like, do I absolutely want to see a sequel to Goonies? Not necessarily. I mean, I feel like it's a perfect standalone movie. Would I have loved it when I was younger? Oh, hell yes. Mm-hmm. Because I always wanted more when I was younger. <laughs> as, as an adult, you know, you see it and, and you're like, you know, this is kind of a perfect film as it is. Um, would I watch a Goonies, 2 if they did it? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> of
0: course I, like. I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the Jaws franchise is a really good example of what we're talking about here because the first movie is such a perfect movie. Jaws yes. is such a great movie. It's well written, well acted, well directed. It launched, you know, Steven Spielberg's career, you know, and so many, you know, parodies and copycats and just a whole genre of movies. Jaws yep. is such a watershed and then they make a sequel just just to kind of make a sequel, like just to cash in, and yep. it feels feels very much like that. And then the, and then it just gets worse with the third movie, and then like with most you know most uh eighties franchises, it got real silly by the fourth movie, you oh, know, God. just just like Police Academy and Rocky, you know, yeah, and, and uh, but like. You know, do I wish there never had been ever sequel for Jaws? Yeah, I wish there had never been one. I wish they just left it alone and just let it be what it was, you know. And but do I like the second and fourth movies? Hell, yeah, they're dumb as hell, but I love them. I could deal with that. That that third one I could do with that. I'm sorry, but like, you know, there are just some movies that are just fucking stupid and while there are some scenes in that movie that I think are redeemable, I mean, yeah. as a whole, Jaws three just just skip it. Like there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, see, and that's that's the thing.
1: I have gone on record. Uh, for anyone that listening to this that also listens to Boogeyman's Closet, I have gone on record multiple times saying I am a remake apologist. I am a sequel apologist. Like I am of the mindset of. As long as you don't George Lucas it and, like, actually take away from the original property and then only make those ones available. um, Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't, like, replace scenes with new footage and then say that's the only print we're going to show, I'm I'm all for it. Because I'm like, I still got the original that I love. You know, like, I know people were up in arms when the Dawn of the Dead remake was happening. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I still have. My original Dawn of the Dead. And thank God, because now it's impossible to find. But that's beside the point. That's a whole legal trouble thing. Um, But when the remake came out, I'm like, do whatever you want. Like, if it sucks, it sucks. I still got the good one. You know, if it's if it's good, which it is, it's like, hey, now I have another awesome movie with a similar concept. So that's how I've always viewed these kind of things, especially even like like with sequels in the 80s. You you know, we were talking about uh, RoboCop at one point. RoboCop one is is one of my favorite movies like of all time. I I absolutely love that movie. Same. It is it is what we would call a remote stopper. I know you and I have talked <laughs> about this, where yep. you're flicking channels and doesn't matter where the point in the movie is if you see RoboCop, the remote gets set down. Like that is just a fantastic friggin' movie.
0: Part although, two. Although oh, side side note, like man, you're, we're just dating ourselves because no one flips channels anymore. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> all right that is
1: very very true (laughs) um yeah because who who the hell has regular tv anymore um but yeah so so like robocop 2 is is a comic book come to life and i mean that makes Mm -hmm. sense considering frank miller's involvement but it's it's cheesy as a kid i adored it i loved everything about it as an adult i still love it for nostalgic reasons but when i watch it now i'm laughing at a lot of the silliness of it Part three, I loved as a kid because, again, I wanted more sequels. Give me more RoboCop. Mm-hmm. As an adult, it's sometimes hard for me to watch. There are parts where I'm like, ah, I mean, you, you took out Peter Weller, you know, you, you killed off. Uh, what's her name? Um, Lewis. Lewis. The, I want to say Lynn. I'm like, no, I know it's an L name. <laughs> you kill off Lewis. You know, you, you make a friendly ed to Like, there's just so many moments where I'm like, eh, I don't like it. Um, but. You know, I'm glad the franchise exists because I have the good ones. I have the ones I like,
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and there's there's something for everybody. Like, you know, I know people who think that Jaws 4 is one of the worst movies ever made. And I love that movie. I that, the that is a dumb popcorn flick that I would watch every time I see it on. And I know how stupid it is. I I, yeah. I don't care. I don't I don't care. I don't care. You know, so you and know. I'm
1: in the camp of I hate that movie, but I recognize the fact that people love it. One of, one, one of my closest friends loves that movie and has been bitching at me to, to get it on Boogeyman's closet. She's like, "Come on, do it!" <laughs> like, I know
0: you, you, guys, you guys haven't you haven't done Jaws two yet, have you either? I don't nah. think. Yeah. See, and and I also love Jaws too. And I know a, a million people who hate, who think Jaws two is a complete waste of time. Like it's just a, a copy of the first one. And I'm like, no, no, there. I think that has a lot of redeeming qualities. I mean, yeah, it's it didn't need to exist, but since they right. made it, like, I mean, again, in the the raised by rentals world, we would have made a better movie, you know, right. <laughs> you know, if our our fantasy football style pitches were real. But for what it is, like, I I dig it, you know. And oh, yeah, I I'm the kind of person whether it comes to whether it's comics or movies or even music like i don't really believe in guilty pleasures i just believe in like what you like and don't like what you don't like and who cares who cares like don't try to convince me that your favorite band is the best band ever if i don't like it i don't like it i don't care you know yeah. don't try don't, don't try to convince me that a movie is dumb because you know hey i like thor too you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> and see where whereas
1: with me i'm like eh, i don't really like thor too but i get it like you know okay. but it's funny because I actually just had this conversation uh, last night with, with with my friend Tara. We were talking about um, like guilty pleasure movies and all that, and I was saying like one of those franchises that I absolutely adore. And it's funny because a lot of people when when they hear this, they're like, "Really?" Because you know they 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 think of like most of the people who know me think my taste is, oh horror. He loves horror movies, and that, that's true, I do. But I also love comedy, and particularly eighties and nineties comedy. And one of my, like, I'm going to call it a guilty pleasure because it's one of those things I could just put on again and again and again and never get sick of is House Party 1 and 2.
0: Oh, heck yeah. Those movies are awesome. I could watch those movies on repeat and have done so. Dude, I love the Pajama jammy Jam. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes i love those those movies are amazing man i missed that i missed that era of, of hollywood there's all those great like good party movies in the early yeah. 90s yeah you know just uh just having a good time but you know it's like raunchy comedy honestly like friday was another good example that like friday oh, came out yeah. came out you know it, it was later on in the decade but it's a perfect example of like you know a fun raunchy comedy that has a good message and it just it's just endlessly quotable yeah i love that stuff and then oh man so com- completely on the other side of the spectrum i unapologetically will tell people every single time what is my favorite movie of all time it is a christmas story yes it is mm-hmm. a christmas story and not because it's a christmas movie and not only at christmas time but no i have the leg lamp tattooed all, all up and down my left arm <laughs> and because it is 100 percent my favorite movie period hands down better than better you know better than jason lives better than robocop you know and those are mm-hmm. some uh, some of my other all-time favorites you know, is it the greatest movie ever made in terms of like, you know, quality or whatever? I mean, some might argue that it is, but like, you know, there's probably better movies objectively and, you know, and and do I really want to watch a Christmas movie year round? I mean, I do, but right. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not everyone else does. But again, that just kind of illustrates the point that that is my favorite movie for a lot of reasons to do with nostalgia and, Mm -hmm. you know, and just my personal taste in things. And I love how silly and funny and, you know, slapstick it is. And, and, you know, the, the, the the historical you know the the period piece and the the, the narration and just all the fun stories that you know it's it's a tangent movie i mean that's exactly what Ralphie goes he daydreams and you know tells himself stories and goes on tangents and (laughs) some rabbit trails and it's like (laughs) exactly i mean that's kind of how my brain works
1: and i mean realistically like i I always when when people tell me they don't like a christmas story i always kind of raise an eyebrow i'm like how like i get it you know different strokes for different folks and everything but i'm like It's just one of those movies that feels like anybody can like it. You know, it's just it's so fun. Like I every holiday season, I watch that movie at least three to four times with without fail. Uh, Some holidays, I watch it way more than others. Um, Like I remember a few years back when we still had cable and uh, what is it starts at 8 p.m. on Christmas Eve and goes until like 8 p.m. Christmas Day 24 hours on CBS. And I remember the, the one year. You know, I was I was getting ready for work and like I was watching it while I was getting ready. And then when I got home in the morning, like, you know, we opened presents on Christmas Day and I sat on the couch and I watched a Christmas story from beginning to end. You know, went, took a nap, got up, watched it again while we were, I was waiting for everyone else to get ready to go to my parents' house. And then at my parents' house, my dad had it on. So I watched yeah. it again. Yeah. And it was like. And I didn't get sick of it. Like, I just kept watching it. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody has those types of movies Um, and, and some people. And, and again, that was this is a perfect uh, segue. That movie is one of those untouchable movies that when Christmas Story 2 came out, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, why? Why did you bother? Now, I've watched a Christmas Story 2. It is by no means like the classic that a Christmas story is. But it's a fun Christmas movie in its own right. Like, mm-hmm. it's dumb. It's silly. It has a lot of the the proper elements that a Christmas story has. But if you're not trying to compare it, like, that's the other thing I think a lot of people kind of get wrong when it comes to, like, how a movie should be looked at or how any kind of entertainment should be looked at. They always look at it as it's got to one up the original or it's got to do better than the thing that came before. And it doesn't have to. It just has to tell you a good story that's entertaining. And I feel like A Christmas Story 2 actually does that. Is it close to the first? No. But who cares? (laughs) You know? It's like, in my opinion, Home Alone 2 is nowhere near as good as
0: Home Alone 1, but I love Home Alone 2. You know? Yeah, you know, I agree. Yeah, Home Alone Two is a great movie, but yeah, exactly. And what's what's funny about a Christmas Story too is that it's actually the third sequel, even uh, yes, to a Christmas because there's Story. the summer one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's the uh, the well, the first one that came out was Ollie Hop Noodles Haven of Bliss, where uh, uh, what's his name Jerry um, from Sliders. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jerry O'Connell, Vern from Stand By Me. He plays Ralphie. And, yep. then, and then later on, Kieran Culkin played Ralphie in uh, My Summer Story, which is also titled, when I saw it, it was called It Runs in the Family. Um, yeah, and then A Christmas Story too came out. And then I, on top of that, uh matt Dillon played ralphie in the original movie the name of which is now escaping me because christmas story itself is a remake um and oh, i didn't know that yeah 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 it was admit, it was well it's based on the book right uh yeah and uh, god, god we trust all of us pay cash <laughs> great <laughs> By, uh, yeah oh it's so good and uh yeah and then they made like a tv uh movie out of it where it's not exactly the same story it's just like it's a lot of the the key parts of the story, like the leg lamp um, and the bumpus hounds, you know, and it was like an hour long. Again, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but uh, yeah. And then Christmas story was the, like they did a a theatrical adaptation uh, of the book. And then even in the book, the book, you know, covers a wide range of time too, like the yeah. Christmas Christmas story movie is sort of a best of, you know, uh, it, it cherry picks out of, out of the book. But anyway, well, this isn't a Christmas story podcast. This is yeah <laughs> <laughs> the Goonies podcast episode.
1: <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that is one, like, I would definitely like to talk more about that. Like maybe, maybe we can just do, uh, you know, like a holiday, you know, movie thing one of these days, but, but yeah, like, um, just getting back to to the thing at hand, like about the the unnecessary sequels or unnecessary remakes. And in my opinion, while they they can be unnecessary in a way, I don't think any entertainment is is un, is relatively unnecessary because it's, it's' out there for somebody. Like I, like I had this thought the other day while I was flicking through uh, I was going through uh, HBO Max and then Netflix, and I was trying to find something to watch. And I'm like, I was thinking back to like, again, the rental days, the video days mm-hmm. where you would walk through the rental store and there was only so many choices, you know, you, you would, you would, a lot of times you would pick something that, you know, a tried and true something that's mm-hmm. like, all right, this movie, this is going to entertain me. And then you would pick that weird one. Like, am I going to like this? Well, let me try it. You know, cause again, you only had so many options and that was your video. That was what you were going to watch that night. And yep. I can't tell you how many times I rented a bad horror movie. Because it was like, I don't know, the cover box looks cool. But then <laughs> along with that, I rented something like Police Academy 2, something yeah. where it's like, I know I like this movie. I'm going to watch this too. Um, you know, but nowadays there's just so many freaking options. And it's like, it's okay if the property isn't for you. You know, it's out there for somebody. Somebody likes it. You know, it's like and we discuss this on the Boogeyman's Closet all the time. Like we most recently we ended our our season with Anna and the Apocalypse. Now both Maurice and Susie were not fans of that movie. They they did not enjoy it at all. I I genuinely liked it. Um, and again, I know a handful of people that really like that movie. I think it's a fun Christmas movie. And I'm kinda I'm kinda I kinda like the fact that it's cheesy and silly and it's you know a, a, a send up of a high school musical like it's just it's kind of poking fun at that genre of musical and I, and I dug that um so yeah i mean so if this isn't your cup of tea if you listen to this and you're like ah god these two what the hell guys like just kind of keep that in mind like cool. it's okay to not like it <laughs> it's yeah. it's okay for it to not be for you it is for somebody though you know, and, and like I say that a lot on, on, on the Boogeyman's Closet where I'm the apologist. I, I defend a lot of these. It's very rare that I'm like, oh, God, I hate this movie. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> it does happen, but it's rare. Um, but, you know, and, and, and I, that's what I'm going to love so much about this podcast is because we get to imagine the what if. Like, how would we do it? And it, obviously it's going to be something I like. I think we came up with a really fun idea for a sequel to Goonies. And if that existed, I would definitely watch it. Like, I think it's fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100% agree with all that. Exactly. I think that's the the whole point of this show is for us to, you know, have the fantasy what if. You know, obviously, you know, we're never going to be in charge of these properties. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's all just uh, – you know it's all just daydreaming after all but uh yeah you know why not why not have some fun with it that's what we're here for and if you know you want to listen and enjoy the ride with us then obviously that's what we're here uh for as a podcast and not just you know mike and i sitting together in a room um <laughs> which we're, we're trying to share it with you know with some other folks and uh, hopefully get some other people involved in the conversation at some point whether that means we have guests on the show or you know comments on uh, our social media which uh, i will use as a segue to uh you know to mention that you can find raised by rentals uh, pretty much anywhere on social media and also at raisedbyrentals.com. you know you come and check us out and yeah whatever service you're listening to this on leave a podcast or a uh, comment leave some feedback send us an email let us know what you think and uh other than that mike uh, where else can people find you on social media uh, the uh, boogeyman's closet
1: is uh, on pretty much instagram and facebook and at boogeyman's the on twitter uh it's for the horror podcast if you guys are interested in that also uh count creepy heads saturday morning monster mash uh pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts and you know it's count creepy head with a k on uh both instagram and facebook um and then zarakis it's z-a-r-a-c-i-s on instagram that's where i post my artwork uh so definitely check that out if you're interested. And uh, but yeah, um, one thing I, I wanted to say about the uh, the leaving a comment is if you guys have any suggestions of properties that you would really like to see kind of sequelized or reimagined or you know uh, ha- have us kind of do our thing with, let us know. You know, I mean, I, I can't guarantee that we'll we'll always have a great idea for it, but you know, mm-hmm. we'll definitely take it into consideration.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've gotten a couple of good suggestions already as well that I, I did add to my list. You know, because of course we've got to have Same.
2: A, <laughs> a list to keep
0: track of all this stuff. And, uh, but yeah, yeah. So. Uh, um Just real quick, I wanted to mention, you can uh, please, on Instagram and Twitter, go check out Comics Boost. That's C-O-M-I-X-B-O-O-S-T. And that is a a feed where I spotlight crowdfund campaigns for mostly comic book projects that I I think deserve to become reality. I don't make any of the comics, but I like to spread the word about rad stuff. So if you like comics and that sounds cool, check it out. Comics Boost with an X on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, any other comments, Mike, before we sign off? No, I think I think we, we kind of said all we can about the the Goonies sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. So like, like you said, Mike, and to all the listeners, if you have any any feedback or any good ideas or a movie that, you know, maybe you want to, you know, you want to get in on the action. Let us know what we should improv improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit RadPantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at VelvetBethany.com.
2: Kids suck. (laughs)